with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicon, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy, you know, or not. Off and running on this Moran Monday, the sixth day of February 2023. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That, of course, is where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yes, Brother Deacon, shucky ducky. And all time zones in between and the great globe round and whatever time it happens to be when you're listening to the podcast. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening live. Thank you for listening however you listen, however you choose to participate in this ongoing conversation nearly two decades in the making. Did I do the Hi, I'm Robin part yet? Oh, 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 I am. And I'm just tickled pink to be starting a brand new broadcast week. <sighs> you know, um, <laughs> uh, it's more in Monday. We got lots of more ends. Lots and lots of more ends. Definitely lots of more ends. Well, we're going to get to them, but I thought. Since, um, since I'm getting the. Living be Jesus spammed out of the horn contact form. Uh, if you write there uh, during the show, I'll probably see it, but if you write there like times when the program's not on, I may not. Uh, here, let's sample some of the more scintillating emails I have received uh, <laughs> via this uh, spam attack. Uh, many of them are in... Uh, Mother Russian, but here's one in something vaguely resembling English. Camel Ebony Porn Porn Star Kate Captive MPEG Free Free Porn Movies with Long Nipple Best Free Long Porn Vid Search for Tube Porn. Yeah, because I'm so going to click that, uh, click that link. Jesus, these people. But it kind of had a free-form poetry vibe to it, don't you think? Uh, and then there's, you know, 500 words on se- on, on selling property. Uh, there's water and mold mitigation. Uh, 
more Russian. Uh, some I have been dreaming about, period. The knowledge on this repository is truly great. Is this being written by chat GP, whatever the fuck, and needed and will assist my friends and I in our studies quite a bit. It is obvious this team gained a lot of info concerning the stuff I am interested in and the... Oh, God. Um. And thanks, uh... Thanks, RJ, for that. I did see that. Uh, that, that that's a real, uh, no kidding email in amongst a whole lot of garbage. And, of, well, this, it's just, it's breathtaking. It really is. It's just, and, to no small degree, uh, absolutely hilarious. But I got to thinking, just based on the based on the uh, topics at hand over the course of the past weekend, well, it reminded me. Of a poem. A poem by E.E. E. Cummings. In just spring, when the world is mud luscious, the little lame balloon man whistles far and wee, and Eddie and Bill come running from marbles and piracies, and it's spring when the world is puddle wonderful. The queer old balloon man whistles far and wee, and Betty and Isabel come dancing from hopscotch and jump rope, and it's spring, and the goat-footed balloon man whistles far and wee. Mm-hmm. E.E. E. Cummings, in just spring. <sighs> goat-footed balloon man, huh? Oh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so, consequently, we begin with uh, thanks for our PayPal subscribers of the 6th, 5th, and 4th day of the month. And that means thanks to John, and thanks to Michael in Madison. Thank you to Don in West Tennessee. Uh, thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you to Stephen. Thank you to uh, Kevin in Colorado Springs and Kenda in Missouri. I hope I hope your husband's feeling much better, Kenda. Um, thanks as well to Paul and Thomas. And Kim and Malin in New Jersey, thank you. So where we find ourselves is with a $540 fundraising um, level and a power bill breathing down my neck and everything else breathing down my neck. Uh, it seems like there's, well, more breathing down my neck than neck to breathe down, you know what I mean? 
but I thought I would get us started with a little bit of E.E. E. Cummings because, oh, we've got so much balloon news. Uh, and uh, just just for joy in Ann Arbor, uh, who, who uh, mentioned at one point that, well, there's that one that one voice that I use, you know, this one. Um, well, we chatted briefly offline about it, and she said earlier today, the fascists giving birth over the Chinese balloon seeing our secrets. Don't seem at all bothered by the dump family hoarding and selling our secrets. No, they don't. And I told her, I said, I read that in my mind, and that voice of mine, you know which voice. Joyce, it's the only way I hear it now. I hear a lot in that voice these days. But I guess it's balloon, balloons and Nazis. And, uh, of course, the uh, little lame balloon man... You know, if there was one more stanza to that poem, there could have been a a, a a jiggling adipose orange balloon man, and it would have made perfect sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um. Oh, and I, you know, I mentioned the chat room. You know, feel free to pop by any time. And if you do pop by about you know now, uh, you will be greeted by early arrivers: Irish Dave, Squeaky, and Theo. Hey, y'all. Hey, room. And capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist and Mathematician and Bud Trimmer Emeritus, Roger, in Oregon. So pop on by. You will be warmly greeted. Oh, where? Okay. Balloon time, right? Balloon um, well, Nitwit Nero uh, had another hissy. I mean, it's just a day that ends in Y, so of course, uh, Mango Mussolini is having a connection. So naturally, he, uh, went on his rattle-trap social media platform to piss and moan. And, uh, you know, by Friday he was in full, he, he was, he was in full hissy mode, sh- typing in all caps, and, shoot down the balloon, shoot down the balloon. The Chinese would never have floated the blimp over the United States if I were president. He said that yesterday. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, may, maybe people were, maybe maybe this is what we've gotten to. Maybe people were waiting for him to say the Chinese never would have floated a blimp over the United States if I were president. It, because it's about the same time that it came out that, uh, well, yeah, uh, sir, um, uh, Senior Pentagon official said that Chinese 
surveillance balloons, quote, transited the continental United States briefly at least three times during the prior administration and once that we know of at the beginning of this administration, but never for this duration of time. This, of course, caused Julius Geezer to go into full ketchup flinging mode. Now they're putting out that a balloon was put up by China during the Trump administration in order to take the heat off the slow-moving Biden fools. China had too much respect for Trump for this to have happened, and it never did. Just fake disinformation. Really? Really? Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Fake disinformation, huh? Well, now. Um... That means it's not disinformation, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to get too deep in the weeds of the uh, art of knowing words or anything, but fake disinformation is by definition not disinformation, which I, well, you know, the goddess of irony owns him. And, of course, he, he was interviewed by Fox News Digital and said, It never happened with us under the Trump administration, and if it did, we would have shot it down immediately. Is it really that difficult to understand why we didn't shoot it down until we shot it down? I mean, this humongous balloon with a solar array underneath it that even at 55,000 feet was visible with the naked eye. No, that's not the moon. Uh, And had propellers on it to provide it some sort of directional control and propulsion. And, of course, the the, the, the maggots are... We got to shoot down the balloon. I don't understand. We got to shoot down the balloon. Shoot the balloon down now. Uh, I did see one observation that, you know, even even the 88-millimeter German flak guns of World War II could not have taken out the balloon. By the way, we've also found out that the, uh, the Chinese have floated balloons over other continents in past years floated stuff over us, floated another one over uh, South America. The Colombian government acknowledged having seen one in their airspace. I don't even know if Scott and San Diego is out there right now, but yeah, come on down to the car lot and car wash. There's a lot going on down here for this big Saturday remote. Come on down. We've got hot dogs, pony rides, and balloons for the kids. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on down here. So, then he got, Nitwit Nero just got roasted for it. And, uh, there's a new, uh, and, and, and he got roasted for other things, too. There's a new word out there. I like it. Bench slapped. B-E-N-C-H slapped. Bench slapped. Um, And it refers to the fact that he keeps losing and losing and losing and losing in court cases, you know, being slapped down by the bench. Bench slapped. 
Among other things, he sued the New York Times, the Washington Post, and CNN for um, publishing stories that noted his 2016 campaign um, was up to its bushy Brezhnev eyebrows and uh, Russian finagling. And lo and behold, this past Friday... The last one got dismissed. Yes, Nitwit Nero's suit against the Washington Post was right out of the Trump litigation playbook, according to Liz Diet, above the law, of political speeches masquerading as civil litigation, memorably called out by Judge Donald Middlebrooks when he bench-slapped the former president and his lawyers with a million dollars in sanctions last month. Uh, that was the suit against uh, Hillary Clinton. That they created a false narrative of, the, of, of Russian collusion. And of course, in this lawsuit, he ah, it, it, he he brayed on and on and on about how the Washington Post is a bunch of liberals. And these, and, and the judge said these were protected expressions of opinion, not actual malice. Uh, he's presently, and by the way, because he never learns from any of this, he can't learn. He is incapable of learning. In the meantime, uh, Liz Dye wrote, Trump has moved on to crazier lawsuits and weirder lawyers. He's currently suing CNN in Florida for saying they lied about election fraud. Even if his claims about rampant fraud were false, he actually believed them, and so he's entitled to $475 million in damages, or so he'd have his appointee, Judge Rog Singal, believe. Uh, he's also filed suit against the Pulitzer Board in Okeechobee County, Florida, for defamatory refusal to revoke prizes awarded in 2019 to the Washington Post and the New York Times. What, what was that story from the guy who was one of the heads of the Trump investigation before they walked out on Alvin Bragg because Alvin Bragg wouldn't indict him? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No, that wasn't the guy. It was, uh, was it Chris Sununo? Anyway, somebody said, well, I'm not saying that Trump's crazy, but if he ever was in a mental institution, he'd never get back out. Which seems a more than fair assessment. Let's see them, let's see them all. Let God see them out. And now he shifted gears on the balloon some more. And initially said he would have shot the balloon down. And then, no, I guess the thing, the spirochetes began singing each to each. And he came up with, who sends a billion dollar blimp? With the most sophisticated equipment in the world, 
and large enough to hold ten cars or three large buses into a complex pattern over the United States without it quite possibly being manned, such as the manned spacecraft, which he put in dick finger quotes. Uh, China should have been called to ask. If no, shoot it down. If yes, negotiate the greatest deal ever. What deal? But meanwhile, 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 the stupidity just grew and mounted and ramped up. And, well, then there was... Marco Rubio, Marco the Blonde, thank you, Irish Day, Um, who, of course, was very masculinely calling out for the balloon to be shoosted down. This week, anchor Jonathan Carter's spy balloon, which was shot down off the coast of South Carolina. In a tense interaction, Rubio criticized President Joe Biden for not acting sooner and questioned why he didn't inform the American public. That I think it really would have been helpful for the President of the United States to get on national television and explain to the American people, this is what we're dealing with, this is what I'm going to do about we're it. We're under a balloon and, uh, attack. This is why I haven't done it yet. None of that happened, and I don't know why. In effect, I don't know why they waited so long to tell people about this. And uh, uh, if they knew the trajectory that it was on, it seems, from late last week. Immediately after... Yeah, the stupid fucks still can't, they can't learn. Every time they do... Every, every time they, you know, get on their knees and... and, and Kiss Nitwit Nero's hairy toes. I know that was gross. That was a hell of a thing to do to dinner in the Eastern Standard Time Zone, wasn't it? He's going to turn around and and leave them with, you know, shit all over their faces. Hey. (laughs) Why didn't Biden go on television? Rubio asked. Why didn't he warn America about the balloon attack? Well, why didn't Nitwit Nero tell America about the balloon attack? Attacks. Well, it's different because it's Biden, right? Sure. Because of course, and and then uh, th- then of course there was Fox and Fiends who are outraged, outraged that General Mark Milley disobeyed a direct order to shoot down the balloon. I wish I was kidding. There were three of them, so now because it happened under Trump, it's okay that it happened under Biden, but we didn't know it happened under Trump? 
And it's just an unnamed senior Biden official saying, oh, it happened to them, but it was undetected. And they they said the, the balloon incidents were logged during the Trump administration, but never reported to the chair of the Joint Chiefs, never reported to the defense secretary or <sighs> President Trump because they were, quote, relatively minor territorial uh, incursions. Oh, minor, minor. Logged. Well, the thing is, uh, I think you have a huge problem if it's not going up the chain of command to the president. At the very least, you would think that uh, the chief of staff would get an alert. I just want to tell you there's been three balloons detected. We don't want to tell the president. Why? Is he golfing? What was he doing? Like, why, the how could that? that's not true. If it, President yeah. Trump said if that had happened, I would have shot it down. Right. Yeah, right. And we, we, we believe in Blondie, don't we? <sighs> <laughs> And of course, we, you know, these are not precision guided balloons, nor do we have any idea of really projecting where the debris would fall. And, you know, there was some technology on those balloons, and you might actually want it to fall into a place where maybe you could recover and find out what was on the balloon, what the balloon was carrying. So maybe. Yeah, shoot it down over the ocean. And from Montana, the next ocean to the east is the Atlantic. And there's a... But, of course, it, it eventually wandered over the southeastern United, and, and it wandered over several red states. I can only imagine the handlers back in Beijing saying, I had no idea they had so goddamn many dollar generals. That's a lot of dollar generals. And his colleague looking at him and saying, well, where, where, where do you expect they sell our crap? Oh, but Mark Milley, Mark Milley. Right, but, but the thing is, I have a problem with everything about this. What do you mean it was undetected, and then you tell me it was detected? What do you mean you didn't tell the president, and it happened three times? First, it went three times, it happened to the Trump administration. There was such pushback, they go, well, it, it happened, we walked it back, it happened, we just didn't tell him, which is terrible. And number three, uh, Robert O'Brien, I texted Robert O'Brien Mike Pompeo last night, I said, absolutely didn't happen. They went up and down the chain. It didn't happen. John Bolton, who hates the president, mm -hmm. never happened. So why they would decide that they wanted to blame Trump, I don't get. Uh, it's not going to work. It just shows how clumsy they are communication-wise. But here's the other thing. Mark Milley, evidently, and uh, Secretary of Defense told him on Afghanistan, don't pull out, it's going to be a disaster. That's what they testified. Wait, we're back to that. You know, I wonder if, you know, I wonder if before Brian Kilmeade cries himself to sleep every night, the last face he sees is Donald Trump. And I wonder if the first face he sees every morning when he wakes up from his, rises from his tear-stained pillow is again, Donald Trump. A girl can wonder... He said, blow this thing up on Wednesday, the president of the United States. And the military goes, no, not going. Mark gonna. Milley said this? Yeah, so Mark Milley said, well, Biden our, said. Yeah, Biden says, I told him to blow it up Wednesday. They blow it up Saturday. He goes, wait, the president said to take it out. Find a way to take it out. The same way you found a way to take, out, uh, take us out of Afghanistan in the worst military operation in the history of the nation. But again, now you say, I'm...
I can't, I can't believe we're at the point where the Republicans are now. God, this is, we could have won in Vietnam, redux, isn't it? Jesus. <laughs> you know, if the, if, if, if the civilian authorities would have just turned our, turned our military might loose, we could have won in Southeast Asia. Which is curiously the same thing that a certain little fellow with a Charlie Chaplin mustache was saying in the 1920s, you know, about Germany's loss in World War One. Not saying, just saying. They recycle things. And yes, we have Nazi news. Well, of course we have Nazi news. We'll get to there. We'll get there. But the reason... If you read any of the actual coverage... You would find out that Biden was like, fuck, shoot it down. They're like, "Uh, Mr. President, we're going to do our job here, uh, and our job is to tell you when something is not a great idea, and we'd really like to get our hands on that technology, sir. And Well, we're not going to get our hands on much if it shatters into a million tiny pieces uh, landing on a kindergarten in Poughkeepsie. You know. Or wheeling. I don't think it made it over Poughkeepsie. And this, of course, led to... That's right, the fake hillbilly senator from the Buckeye State, Jerk Deluxe Vance, having a photograph of him taken sitting in a folding chair... In front of a rick of firewood that I'm sure he didn't chop, and holding an AR-15 and looking skyward, as if he, Senator Jerk Deluxe Vance, was going to shoot down the commie balloon. It was really a commie balloon. Shouldn't it have been red? I mean, not saying, just saying. And so people, I know, visual on a radio show, but it was delightful. So first of all, Jerk Deluxe is holding his uh, AR-15 Feedem Protector in such a way that if he did squeeze off around, uh, the recoil would have obliterated his testicles. Assuming he has any. But that wasn't enough. Somebody then replaced the AR-15 with a giant tool, namely a 10-millimeter wrench, which I thought for a minute was a banjo, and it's like, perfect. And then somebody else took that, took the wrench off, and put a giant penis in his hands. Because everything devolves to a dick joke sooner or later. And I I just felt certain that people all over the South, some of them were probably going in and pulling great-great-grandpappy's Civil War musket off the mantle from over above the fireplace and and, and putting in the gunpowder and and then ramming home the the ball. Yeah, that that gummy will... We'll, we'll take care of that Yankee balloon. Oh, wait, it's Chinese. Well, Chinese, Yankees, Yankees, 
Tomato, tomato, uh, bang! It is a miracle that, that, that there haven't been just a hail of bullets returning to Earth in the last 72 hours or more. It was bad enough, as Flavio reminds me, that the York County, South Carolina sheriff actually had to tweet to people in York County, South Carolina, that's no moon. Yes, there are reports that the Chinese balloon is flying over our area at the moment. It's flying at 60,000 feet. Don't try to shoot it. Your rifle rounds will not reach it. Be responsible. What goes up will come down, including your bullets. Hashtag YCSO News. That's right. The sheriff of York County, South Carolina, had to advise South Carolinians not to go out and try to patriotically shoot down the balloon. It is moments like this that I'm reminded that when Mike Judge made Idiocracy, he had to set it 500 years in the future and make it a science fiction movie because if he had just set it when it was naturally, where, where it could naturally be set, well, probably would have had a tweet in it. Well, there was no tweeting back then, but maybe a scene. Maybe, you know, I wonder if there's an outtake of uh, somewhere in Idiocracy of somebody shooting an AR. Wait, there, yeah, there. It, it's not even an outtake. It's in the movie. Yeah. President Alonzo Mountain Dew Camacho. During his State of the Union address. Fires a machine gun into the air. In order to settle down the Congress. Yeah. Yeah. As to the balloon, Matt in San Francisco. Hey, Matt, y'all home yet? No, uh, Matt is not home yet. Subject line, balloon, wait until they find out about satellites. Signed, Matt in Zamboanga. The pictures were lovely. Thank you for sending those along, Matt. I really appreciated that. You know, when y'all travel and send me pictures, it's like you know I get to travel vicariously because it seems like I hardly ever leave this place anymore. There are places it's not real safe for me to go. Nonetheless, thank you. Thank you, Matt. And, yeah, but it it reminds me, um, and people of a certain age uh, beyond mine will probably recall that um, back in the early days of Sputnik, Enterprising hustlers went out and started selling satellite insurance. Mm-hmm. Because your homeowner's policy does not cover what's going to happen if that if that Ruski satellite comes down right through your right 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 through your right through your roof. It it ain't it will cover. And how will you rebuild your house then with a Sputnik sitting in the middle of it? I remember learning about that in. Uh, Oh, insurance class all the way back in 
back when I was having a cup of coffee at Tort Flats there at Harvard on the Mon. Satellite insurance. Uh, that's true. Steve in New York noting, they should have just shot Brondo at the balloon. It's what balloons crave. Well, it was probably filled with Brondo and helium. Uh, what's that? Flavio says, uh, yeah, J.D. Vance didn't read the tweet from the York County Sheriff. <laughs> no, no. Although the, the, he really did look best with a giant penis pointed at the sky. We're going to spooge that bastard right out of the atmosphere. That's what we're going to do. Um, Frank in Alessia. How about a balloon losing air sound effect for a rousing cowbell? Inquiring minds are wondering. Oh, why didn't I think to go get some balloons today? We could have done balloon squeaks. And Randy Radar lets me know SNL did a great send-up on the balloon. Uh, Steve in New York said, why didn't Nitwit Nero tell us about the three balloons that he let fly? Because why would they? As an aside, let's just ponder what would have happened had Biden not told us. Guess what? Not a fucking thing would have happened. It was a fucking balloon. Let me repeat that. It was a fucking balloon. I don't know about its copulatory ability, Steve, but it was a Chinese balloon. A Chinese balloon. That was probably carrying... Chinese commie dust that we can't even see and we done breathed it and everything. Uh, new, J- new J.D. Vance nickname, Stephen New York says, just dumb. Yeah. And Nitwit Nero was wondering if it was a manned balloon. Yeah, maybe it is. We should have made a deal. Well, if it was a manned balloon, that man would have been, we all know, George Santos, Anthony DeVolder, Gaius Julius Caesar, Titus Andronicus, King Henry V whatever his name is. Uh, But let's finish with the uh, excoriation of Mark Milley, General Mark Milley. Pushing back on the president when it comes to a Chinese balloon, would we have ever known about it had the press in Billings, Montana, not wrote about it? We would have had the meeting with the Secretary of State. Hold on, not wrote about it? Brian Kilmeade's getting so wrought that he's done forgetting his grammar. Not wrote about it. Millions of dollars a year to sit on the curvy couch with a couple of other idiots get you at the Billings Gazette not wrote about it. And then it took three whole days for them to took out the balloon. 
We're in China, no, no harm, no foul. But it was about us finding out about it is the key. And we never heard it. We still haven't, we barely heard from the president, just you, shouting through a chopper. Exactly right. I think it comes down to... Shouting through a chopper? I mean, if he was, you know what it's like when you played that game when you were a kid and the box fan was going and you got on the other side and it kind of, you know, greeting, greetings, earthlings. <laughs> Shouting through a chopper. See, we notice these things, but Emery and Marveline sitting there in their matching barca loungers in their trailer at the Swan Lake, uh, Ballerina Swan Lake Trailer Court and Country Club, they never notice it. Or is he referring to bad dentures? Clacking and popping and slipping and don't know. Risk aversion, stupid risk aversion inside the Pentagon to say, we, the safety, you can figure it out. There's ways to disable a balloon so it floats down or if, it, if that, the hull detaches, you do it in well, a wide open... Well, here's my concern. Pete Hegseth is apparently a... Civil aeronautics, an aeronautical engineer. Now there's a way to there's a way to shoot down the balloon so it deflates slowly. It, it, do tell Pete. Well, I mean, he he did have all that experience, you know, huffing nitrous from balloons at dead shows back in the day. No. Uh, the balloon and homeowners coverage. Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia stands. says, zombie apocalypse covered. Chinese balloon the size of three school buses raining down in your house. Not covered. Or as we were taught to say back in torts, in the day, torts class in the day, we don't pay. <laughs> Not covered. No. You're going to need a separate policy for that. You can't even get a rider on that one. No, you can't. Uh, Flavio pointing out that our pal Faith uh, noted the least of Chinese worries of China's worries. Faith said, "Boy, China has nothing to worry about in terms of us being too smart." <laughs> and that's what the Chinese, pre- you know, the the, the state-run Chinese press was saying. Oh, we could invade them with a fleet of balloons. <laughs> the little lame balloon man, the goat-footed balloon man. Yeah. Uh, Randy Radar notes, I was a software engineer, and there was a famous book concerning the early IBM mainframe software projects of the 1960s. It was called The Mythical Man Month, and its takeaway was adding extra people to a late software project makes the project later, so adding more resources actually inhibits the completion of the project. I wonder if the same thing goes for policing or military funding. Adding more resources actually makes the outcome worse. And, of course, we didn't, you know, we, we wound up shooting the damn thing down. I don't know how much it cost to send that F-22 Raptor up. You know, long, long ago, there was a famous message sent, sighted sub sank same. Eyeball balloon blasted, <laughs> eyeball balloon blasted bastard. 
and we filed we fired a, a missile through the balloon instead of flying up and and you know just you know gatling gunning it i i wonder i wonder if the pilot who did that gets to put a a white dot there beneath the canopy over his cockpit now highway to the balloon zone it doesn't work does it Darlene says, uh, Biden handled balloon gate perfectly. Can you imagine if he insisted the military shoot that balloon down over a maggot state and debris hit a maggot's house or maggot political district? What is so pathetic is how China is the bad guy here, and yet the assholes on the right in this country are using this to turn on their own president and pillory him. It was China that did this, not Biden. It just feels so, oh, I don't know, traitorish. By the way, if that really was a weather balloon, then I'd think she would have picked up the red line right straight to Biden or Blinken's Chinese counterpart would have done so and had a discussion to avert an international incident. And fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. You know, we got $540 to raise here. Uh, maybe, we need, maybe we need a fuck Trump challenge. Fuck Trump. He never would have had the guts to shoot it down or he would have pushed to get more patents for Iwanka or a business deal for himself to leave it alone. Well, he confessed as much, Darlene. He said, uh, uh, no, we wouldn't have shot the balloon down. We would, have, we would have made a deal. It would have been the best deal ever. Because at this point in time, in his mental decay, that's all he's got. I make deals. And I never lose. Except, you know, when I lose. And I don't know about you, Darlene continues, but I'm uncomfortable with Biden doing the State of the Union address tomorrow in that House of Wolves. Is marginal trader Gangrene and Lauren Bubert going to be packing heat? I just don't trust this. I, well, again, remember it was a State of the Union address where uh, President Herbert Elizondo Mountain Dew Camacho uh, shot the shot the machine gun, you know, up toward the roof of the house chamber. I, I'm, I'm not comfortable about anything, but now, of course, we have fence gate. I don't know if you've seen this, darling. Um, now they're having a conniption about the fence. Uh, Steve, uh, well, you know, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells. Uh, Steve Bannon uh, got all got all bent out of shape with the weaker speaker because the cap the the, the capital now has a fence around it again. Because conniption. Uh, we were very proud. We were part of bringing that to the American people's attention. You know, the Hunter Biden's laptop. Okay, because the Bidens are traitors. They sold us out for money. They're scumbag traitors. The inquiry starts the morning after his great State of the Union. 
McCarthy's allowed this thing to be, you know, they've got the fence back up. I don't know about what McCarthy's doing. They've got the fence back up. I don't know for what reason. They got the fence back up. The record's stuck. The record's stuck. The record's stuck. The fence is back up. The fence is back up. The fence is back up. <sighs> yeah. And just a reminder that Steve Bannon's out there walking around free when he's got a, a, a four-month uh, federal jail sentence staring him at big, but, you know, pasty-faced, doughy white dudes don't go to jail, even though his appeal from his conviction is sketchy AF. Yeah, it's driving them crazy that the... Oh, I've had that for, uh, I mentioned that on Friday, Fabio. I've had that for a while, none and none such Luftballons. Over at Crooks and Liars, they were having fun with Balloon Gate, and they posted German singer Nana's 1983 hit, and now I have an earworm, and so do you. Hast du etwas Zeit für mich? Dann singe ich ein Dann singe ich ein Lied für dich von 99 Luftballons. And now everybody else gets the earworm too. And uh, since it is more on Monday, we have, uh, of course, we have uh, uh, Grammy hissies. But we're not done with the balloon yet, I don't think. But then there's, uh, well, more George Santos news. He will apparently bring a 9-11 firefighter to the State of the Union tomorrow evening. That'll be his guest. Is plus one. Michael Weinstock. He once ran for the uh, New York district that Santos is presently squatting in. Weinstock went so far as to say, I'm cautiously optimistic that I'll be able to stay focused enough on the issue of 9-11 responders receiving the health care that they need without being sullied by George Santos. Who, remember, claimed that his mother was killed by 9-11 when she 
died 15 years later in Brazil. And nobody could refer, remember Ms. DeVolder ever working anywhere near any finance companies. But in other George Santos news, because of course, uh, for a second, when I first saw the headline, I was like, wait, did they mix this guy up? Did they mix this story up with... Uh, uh, Oh, what's his name? The hyper Matt Schlapp? No. No. According to Huffington Post, a former prospective staffer to Representative George Santos has accused him of sexual harassment and committing a House ethics violation, saying that Santos inappropriately touched him in his office and rescinded a job offer when the man rebuffed him. That's particularly demeaning and humiliating when you get touched in your office. Sorry, it's the copy editor in me. I can't help it. Derek Myers said last Friday he's filed complaints with the U.S. Capitol Police and the House Ethics Committee um, after he spent just a brief amount of time in Santos's office as a volunteer Two days into starting the volunteer job, which he was told was going to be paid position, he found himself alone in the office with Santos, at which point George asked him, Anthony, George, DeVolder, whatever his name, Colonel Bat Guano. Uh, George said, hey! You got a grinder profile? And then Santos groped him while they were sitting on a sofa. Rule one, never sit next to George Santos on a sofa. Okay, just don't do that. It's like, you know, it's like a horror movie and, and, and you, you, you tell the you tell the you tell the young ingenue, don't go into the basement. Honey, don't. There's a monster down there. No, 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 young man. Don't sit next to Anthony Santos, George DeVolder, whatever, on the sofa. Don't do it. Uh, Derek Myers said, additionally, my uh, these matters will not be litigated on social media or through news media. They are serious offenses, and the evidence and facts will speak for themselves if the committee takes up the matter. This tweet is being made public in light of transparency. Additionally, my filings detail sexual harassment I endured in the office of the congressman. These matters will hopefully be appropriately addressed by the police and the ethics committee, respectively, in due time. Then uh, George DeVolder, Santos Anthony, Colonel Bacuano, uh his spokes creep said... Uh, uh, you need to ask the congressman's lawyer about that. Derek Myers went on to say that Santos invited him to come back to his house that night, adding, My husband's out of town. Oh! Gross! 
And then when he said no thanks, two days later he was canned. By the way, the lawyer declined to comment. I'm just, I'm sorry, I just had a full body cringe imagining George DeVolder, Anthony Anthony Soros, Santos, Meriwether Lewis. My husband's out of town. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. And, uh, Myers also has a recording of Santos in his final meeting. Meanwhile, back to the balloon. We can't we can't get enough of the balloon, can we? Frank says, Trojan balloon? I recall that the Trojan horse worked pretty well as a military ploy. What if the Chinese balloon payload was loaded with explosives or a dirty bomb? Maybe Joe was right in waiting to shoot the balloon down. I absolutely think he was right. Actually, give give the Pentagon credit. They were right. Because Joe was saying shoot down the balloon. I'm like, sir, no. We can't do that. Not over the continental United States. It's not like this is a satellite coming down and it's going to burn up on reentry. And we sure would like to know what that thing was carrying, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. But I think it was meant to. Maybe, maybe Frank, it was meant to make the United States government wonder exactly that. Um, oh, by the way, as we uh, approach the end of the first hour of the program, um, Ralphs has put a, a balloon challenge on the table and if somebody will kick in 25 bucks uh, Ralphs will double it and it would be that, that would be wonderful and that would get us down below the $500 market it would get us down to 490 so uh, yeah, the jiggling balloon challenge so if somebody's got 25 bucks Ralphs would be more than happy to double it for you The balloon, Stephen New York says, uh, imagine this. They they shoot it down, and it lands in Canadian territory. Yeah. That could have been fun. Not really. At all. Um, no, no, Brother Deacon, no. Hey, listen, it's only fair that if you do the appropriate accent for the Moscow Morning Zoo crew, you must also do the appropriate accent for the Chinese balloon handlers. It's racist to goon on the Ruskies only. Russian is not a race. (laughs) Oh, I think I better not. Pretty sure I better not.
I don't know. Um, I, there's probably loopholes involved, Flavio. Flavio says, Flavio says 9-11 responders. Wait, did I miss something? I thought John Stewart took care of shaming the Congress to fund 9-11 responders' compensation. They have to go before Congress again? <sighs> Sounds like. Um. Randy Radar says, one video showed a bright flash in Billings, Montana. I'd have to do further research to recover the video if it hasn't already been scrubbed. Um, didn't hear anything about that, but then again, we started out with a poem by E.E. E. Cummings. And there's another equally appropriate line from a Jimmy Buffett song. It's called Miss You So Badly. I guess it all blew up in Missoula. There was just no other way. Blew up. Missoula, Montana, anybody? I'll wait to see if I can get a cowbell for at least the old DJ factor there. Um... Well, that's, you're not wrong, Christopher. Guten Tag, Robin. Guten Abend, Herr Christopher. Boy, it's a photo finish, Robin butchering the German language or the marmalade monarch of Mari Lardass butchering the English language. Death is not an option. Resistance is futile, Christopher. George Santos actually designed the spy balloon, wrote the song 99 Red Balloons, does TED Talks on making balloon animals, and invented the balloon payment. I would not be at all surprised. And then, as the as the as the hour ends, with the, and I don't know, perhaps the balloon discussion, as well. Trader Tot, you know, Junior, went on Twitter. And said, if Joe Biden and his administration are too weak to do the obvious and shoot down an enemy surveillance balloon, perhaps we just let the good people of Montana do their thing. I imagine they have the capability and the resolve to do it all themselves. So it's not just West Virginians and South Carolinians and the like. And, you know, Frank, what you mentioned earlier, uh, the the maggot congressman from Kentucky, James Comer, who runs House Oversight now, said, uh, well, it could potentially be carrying bioweapons. Oh, Comer, you freaking idiot. No. No. You don't need a balloon for that. This is not the stand. Just because we all do remember how COVID-19 got here. 
right? It was not a bioweapon. It just came in because we didn't stop people coming from infected areas. Whether that's Great Britain or Italy or China. Lots and lots of morans. And by the way, if you've got uh, something to add to the conversation, you are more than welcome so to do. Although for the life of me, I don't see where the stress line phone is. I need to find that real quick. Stand by, please. Well, I'm silly. I know exactly where the stress line phone is. Right in front of my face. So that's ready to go. Skype line's there for your uh, use and convenience. Oh, and by the way, a Twitter video doesn't show the balloon exploding, but Fox aired it anyway, says Flavio. The Washington Post covered the non-story. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. I was wrong. Yeah, Not the stand. Uh, it's the beginning of The Walking Dead. Yes, I did. I did. It's right in front of my face. Stephen New York says, you just pulled a blonde. It happens. It's a thing. <laughs> no, in this case, I'll make an exception, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia Stan. Subject line, Sarah. I know you don't like to goon on women's fashion, but who the fuck told her this was a good look? All she's missing is a 10-gallon cowgirl hat and a picture of the, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm saying this, governor of Arkansas, Sarah Hustlebuck Sandbags. In a pair of knee-high boot, knee-high brown boots and a, a dress, I wouldn't even let them cremate me in. It's blue. It looks like it's some sort of seersucker. And I swear I've seen it maybe in Coles and picked it up and went, "Who on earth?" And no. Now, actually, it's from the Jethreen Bodine collection at, at uh, Walmart. Stephen, Georgia Stan, noting, all, she need, all she's missing is a 10-gallon cowgirl hat 
I, 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 do you remember? I mean, Steve, you remember how they, you remember how Jethreen was always dressed, you know, with the dress with all the lace and the ruffles and floof and bows and stuff. She's halfway to Jethreen Bodine there, unironically. <laughs> and it's at a, it's a press conference, for God's sakes. See, I can be catty like that now. Honey, no. And it's a good three inches above her knee. What will what will we tell the children? And then this, uh, because we can get a little more serious now that uh, we've passed the first hour of the program. Um, Earlier today, I saw the news alert come through. FBI agents said they thwarted a plot to take out Maryland's power grid after a neo-Nazi and his girlfriend blabbed to an informant. Mm-hmm. They had plans to take out at least five stations in the great uh, substations in the greater uh, Baltimore area because we have a Nazi problem that apparently not too many people want to talk about, and we probably should. Really, probably should. Um, Sarah Clendaniel and Brandon Russell have been charged with conspiracy to destroy an energy facility. Brandon Russell is, in fact, a neo-Nazi. He is the former head of Atomwaffen, which advocates and perpetrates bloody violence in the name of a Nazi insurrection in the United States of America. He was doing time for uh, a, a previous bombing uh, plot. Oh, one more thing. Uh, I just got, I just got this note from our buddy uh, Reverbo, and he probably already knew that I thought of him the minute there was a balloon story because, well, once upon a time there was a dirigible named the Silver Pelican. Chinese spy balloons, Reverbo writes. You can't make this up. It's really unbelievable at this time in history. One of the first military uses of balloons, at least uh, in this country, was during the uh, Civil War when they were used as um, efforts to, hot air balloons were used as a means of uh, 
surveilling troop movements. Oh, really? Okay, we're <laughs> this the, this moment in Nazism is going to be briefly interrupted by something that I just got from Kevin up in Massachusetts. Sometimes you just it's like O tempores o mores. All I got from Kevin was the words Marginal speaker and yes Marginal trailer queen actually no kidding really presided over the house today. That's enough to make you upend the bottle of rock gut tequila. Pursuant to the rule, the gentleman from Arkansas, Mr. Westerman, and the gentleman, gentlewoman from New Mexico. She just misgendered her. Ms. Ms. Fernandez, each will control 20 minutes. The chair recognizes the gentleman from Arkansas. Madam Speaker. You, you, that was pure symbolism. Oh, th thanks, I think, Kevin, for sharing that with me. And uh, then tomorrow, <clears throat> the Republican response to the State of the Union will be delivered. Uh, yes, Arkansas Governor Sarah Hustlebuck Sandbags. Thanks, Ralphs, for letting me know that. That's horrifying. My God, she's got more chins than a Beijing phone book. Are you happy, Asa? Yeah, she's... She said, I'm grateful for this here opportunity to address the nation and contrast the GOP's optimistical vision for the future against the failures of President Biden and the Democrats. We are ready to begin a new chapter in the story of Merca, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth, now, today, forever, in the universe, under God, amen, to be written by a new, uh, I'm sorry, that's wrote, just, a, just ask Brian Kilmeade, to be wrote by a new generation of leaders ready to defend our freedom against the radical left and expand access 
to quality education and jobs and opportunity for all and other things. Okay, I played with that a little bit, but not much. The weaker speaker said, uh, She's bringing new ideas for a changing future while also applying the wisdom of the past, including from the leadership of her father, Mike, the fake diabetes cure hustler. She's a servant leader of true determination and conviction. We all have our failings. I'm thrilled Sarah will share her extraordinary story and bold vision for a better America on Tuesday. Everyone, including President Biden, should listen carefully. Maybe she can share the story of that time when her brother was a camp counselor at a Baptist camp and lynched a dog and hung it from a tree and beat it to death while he was hanging there. And then Mike Huxterby, her daddy, used the uh, Arkansas State Police to cover it all up. There's a story of family values, yes. Now, back to the Nazis. This is this is truly horrifying. So, like I said, Sarah Clint Daniel and Brandon Russell had plans to destroy five substations in and around the greater Baltimore area. Maryland U.S. Attorney Eric L. Barron said in a press release, this alleged planned attack threatened lives and would have left thousands of Marylanders in the cold. We're united and committed to using every legal means necessary to disrupt violence, including hate-fueled attacks. Including. Um, Brandon Russell said that, yeah, he was a Nazi is a Nazi during an interview made statements in direct messages to an FBI informant throughout much of 2022 regarding conducting critical infrastructure attacks including statements about sniper attacks against substations and how conducting a small number of attacks on electrical substations could cause a cascading failure he went on to say that uh, the shooting some of the substation equipment could be devastating because the equipment isn't just hanging around and has to be made, built and it can take as much as a year as long as it said dude had studied what he was up to and he was talking about it as recently uh, with the informant as September of 2022 
Brandon Russell said he wanted to maximize impact and would love to coordinate to get multiple substations at the same time. And then Sarah Clendaniel came into it saying she wanted to accomplish something worthwhile before she died from kidney disease and that they would be legendary if they got if they if they managed to do it what's curious though is that they were saying all of these especially Brandon Russell was saying all of these things throughout much of 2022 and we already know that there was talk of this sort of and remember the word accelerationism Nazi accelerationism in which they seek to bring on a societal collapse into which I guess the Nazis uh, will step and somehow bring everybody beer and skittles and frisbees and wheat checks but this was a plan going on throughout 2022 and yet They still haven't caught whoever it was that plunged people in more more North Carolina into freezing temperatures right at the end of 2022. And there was chatter all over Telegram by Nazis saying, yep, this is how we do it. And in fact, one January 6th uh, terrorist, a former Army officer, a woman said she knew who did it. And she is still walking around at large. I'll tell you what, that old curse of may you live in interesting times has some real teeth. Sarah Clendaniel um, listed the weapons she would want to do this. And, and she and Brandon Russell, Bailey and Louvre, and they talked about how they were so happy that they had done went to, went, she went to jail and he went to prison because if they hadn't, have, they never would have met, like a, met up like this and had such love. Glenn Daniel said, if we can pull off what I'm hoping, this would be legendary. This is major tier and definitely doable. It would probably permanently completely lay this city to waste if we could do that successfully. In May of 22, uh, Sarah Glenn Daniel sent Brandon Russell a lock-picking kit. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's an interesting backstory yeah you're right Kevin in Massachusetts says I've got a feeling the state of the Union is going to be a shit show it'll be it'll, it'll be right it'll be right out of idiocracy pretty confident I'm wondering if Kevers McCarthy will tear up Biden's speech yeah, because 
it's all junior high now. But the interesting thing about Brandon Russell is why he was in prison in the first place. There was a story several years back. Uh, Brandon Russell lived with a guy named Devin Arthurs and two other people. And Devin Arthurs killed the two roommates and then told law enforcement that he killed them because they were planning attacks on uh, the power grid, nuclear plants, power lines. And so the police found bomb-making materials in the apartment where he committed the murders. And then Brandon Russell pleaded guilty to, get this, possession of an unregistered destructive device and improper storage of explosive materials. And that's what got sent him to the clink. And while in the clink, he started talking to the informant. And and there's the yeah there's the, the quote. Uh, he recommended targeting transformers because they're quote custom made and could take almost a year to replace. And if you did it after a winter storm, it would be when most people are using max electricity. Um, Clint Daniel said. They needed to destroy those cores, not just leak the oil, and that a good four or five shots through the center of them should make that happen. It would probably permanently, completely lay this city to waste. Baltimore Gas and Electric say they've increased security and surveillance. And the one thing that slowed them down the most was that Sarah Clendaniel couldn't get her hands on a rifle. Well, I'm sure the Republican Congress is working on that. Because on Friday's program, I mentioned, uh, and we really didn't get into it, this horrifying decision from this past Thursday in which the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said it is unconstitutional to take the guns away from a man accused of domestic violence. That still just gives me the shudders. And it'll go up to the Supreme Court. And those maniacs will uphold the decision. And it'll be even more open season on women in this country by their domestic abusers. Lord, um, 
Coming back to the balloon. Uh, John said it would fall down. So the balloon would have fallen down slowly if the jet pilot would use his BB gun from the cockpit. Um, and then Theo, Theo, who was a uh, knower of many things, said, As a footnote to the sheer balloonacy of the past few days, I was acquainted long ago with Civil War observation balloon pioneer Thaddeus Lowe's granddaughter, Florence Lowe, Poncho Barnes. She was still a handful as an elderly woman. Or at least she could be. Um, and, okay, I can't see that. Uh, let's run over to the stress line and see who we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello? Yeah, hello. Hey, Robin, how you doing? It's Clarence. Hey, Clarence, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. Headed, I'm headed down here to Orlando right now. I'm on 95. But, um, yeah, I was calling in to chime in about that <laughs> that balloon. Yeah. I um, I was in Flor- I was in Florence yesterday, right? And um, <laughs> up at the Quincy parking lot, right off at, at 95 and the 52 split. They um, anyway, I was in the parking lot, there, and I was wondering why everybody was looking up in the sky, you know. And so anyway, the, the balloon, you know, was flying over Florence. But the thing that was interesting, the crowd that I was, the people that were starting to cry around, you know, folks was walking out, and a lot of the waitresses from the um, from the Quincy came out there. And, man, the questions they were throwing at each other and trying to figure out, why don't they shoot it down? Um, uh, What's going on, <laughs> you know, and... So one of the ladies, she asked me, you know, I guess she's seen the military hat I had on and stuff like that. So I told her, I said, you don't have to worry about anything. Because the first thing that came to my mind was that they not, they wouldn't shoot that balloon down, you know, over, over land. Because, uh, like I said, the debris and stuff. But I said, even if they did shoot it down, they don't know what's on that balloon. I said, now, they might have been jamming and stuff. But still, as far as uh, the thing that came to my mind, it might have been chemical, you know chemicals on there and I said so the lady she looked at me oh you got a point there I said yeah I said so we don't want to be too fast with that and I said if I was being in Florence I said we're only 70 miles from the coast they'll probably shoot it down when they got to uh, get it out over the water and that's exactly what they did but the thing about it um Robin is that um I mentioned it to you before you know I was stationed in Thailand I was security policeman over there and uh I used to this is 72, 73. Anyway, I used to work on uh, what they call entry control points. So you had to go through us on the flight line. And Sparky could tell you about this. You had to go through the security policemen to uh, get access to the aircraft and stuff. So we used to guard the U-2s over there. U-2, uh, I think it was the ninth strategic reconnaissance wing. And they used to do TDYs out of Beale, Beale Air Force Base, California. But anyway, the... Uh, those U-2s from our base in Utica used to take off either every day or sometime it'd be every other day. But that was what their job was, to take off. They're in Thailand, you know, we're south of China and, and um, you know, well, whatever, whatever, east of Russia. And that's what they would do. They'd go over there, you know, take photos. So that surveillance stuff, whatever it might be, both countries do that over and over, you know, over and over again. And the thing that I was thinking about last night, I said that, why would they even send a spy balloon? Because we, you, me, anybody else on our phones, we got to check out. You go Google Earth 
Montana, Nebraska, and see every damn missile base up there, you know. Now, you might not get the particulars. You might not see the site. But still, we are just regular um, everyday civilians. We got access to that, you know, that type of thing. So all that um, hubbub, that Republic, oh, they seen the sensitive sites and all that. Everybody has access to that, you know. So uh, the argument about it, 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 it's moved to me. But uh, I think that is neat. they just needed something to argue about. Uh, so what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I just, isn't there some old story about, and maybe it's apocryphal, maybe it's just bullshit, about how geese or ducks or something will walk around with their beaks open and they'll drown in the rain? I, I seem to recall something like that, Clarence. And oh, for the love of me, I, just the, the the thought of all of these gun-toting Confederates out there walking around, looking up in the sky, reckon we can shoot it down, Muriel. I, oh yeah, yeah, I heard that crap. I was like, you gotta be kidding. I mean, at the first it was at sixty thousand feet, you know, and I'm like, now all these gun-toting people. They should know the range on their, you know, on their weapons and the maximum range, you know, maximum effective range. And like 60,000 feet, uh, come on. Yeah, man. But I, yeah, yeah, but I got me a 7-millimeter mag star, and I spent a lot of money on it. And I, I, I can shoot from one ridge top to another with it. That's got to be good 55,000 feet. Come on, 55,000 feet is 11 freaking miles. Exactly. I think uh, I, was, I went to school in... Um, Camp Bullets down in Texas, right? And you get in um at the security police. Anyway, they had a uh, heavy weapons school, and what it was a familiarization and stuff. And the first time in my life, the only time, you know, got the chance to shoot a fifty cal, right? And you get up there and they let you um, line it up. But anyway, that gun itself, you know, and still I'm still in operation in the military. It had a range of seven miles, but you can't even see the target. But still, like you said, that was eleven miles up. So. Uh, it, I don't know, man. I, I told you before, and I say it again. We got a massive mental health problem in this country, man. You know what? You're, you're not mental wrong. Health. I mean, the, and I, mean, I mentioned earlier, even even the German anti-aircraft guns of the Second World War, the 88 millimeters uh, that sent the flak up. I mean, that's why we created the B-17 because it was a it was a high altitude bomber high that, altitude. that they yep. couldn't reach. You're exactly right. You know what? It's funny you should say it. I just thought about something else. Remember the, um, the run-up, uh, I guess, to the first Iraq crazy war, whatever. I think that was Delta. But remember that big gun they was always talking about, the, the, the long barrel? And I think it only had a range. It, it shoot that, uh, shoot the projectile up to maybe about 60,000, 70,000 feet. It was a real big old barrel gun, one of a kind, and it was in the hands of, uh, I believe, the Iraqis. I'm or, or it was in that part of that world and stuff. And that was a big, you know, big old hoop-de-doo about that. But um, that that balloon thing, when I, I you know, I was trying to put my little uh, perspective on it, I said, first, why would the Chinese even need to send a damn weather balloon up to track all the way? I mean, what, what are they gathering data for, you know, for, for what? You know, uh, <laughs> so... Like I said, we'll never know the story because intelligence, you know, and, and I don't think we, uh, well, as is, I think we entitled to it, but I don't think we'll ever get the real story out of it. But the only good thing out, I was telling a friend of mine down here, 
once they got the balloon down, you know, I mean, today, the forensic people, I mean, they out there scooping up every old, every little piece. They'll, they'll put that thing back together and uh, and see. Uh, and this is my daughter. I said, yeah, they're going to put it together, go through everything, and find out, oh, this is the shit that we stole from the United States. You know, the technology from them and stuff. Uh, I don't think they'll have any technology that's better than ours, you know. I mean, we got satellites. No, that's that, what, uh, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what their espionage is all about. And, you know, we do know now yeah. that they've been fl- – what does it say about their satellites that they rely on these balloons instead? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, um, in, the, in the conversation with some of the people, one now, one person, she, she – um, and, and these are all females. And, um, and, it was, and you know what? And now that I sit and think about it, as funny as it was, Here's these people on the low, you know, low income stuff. But they were doing critical things because one lady said, she said, maybe it's a distraction. Something else is going on. You know, I'm like, it's got a point there. There's so, you know, so many angles that we can use with that. Uh, but I, uh, like you just said, they got satellite technology. Um, I understand, I heard on the news that they uh, had 600 satellites, which I was shocked. So I said, if they got 600, we probably have 6,000. But, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, in fact, it's, I made it's a, amazing. I, I made a mistake on Friday. I said it was in geosync. Their satellites were in geosynchronous orbit. Uh, Theo corrected me on that. Mm-hmm. It's like low Earth orbit. I mean, and yeah, I was going to say, uh, I was going to ask you, that's just of uh, different altitudes, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, okay. know, I mean, they, they, everything they wanted to see, they've seen with their satellites, which means, yeah, I mean, the, you know, what was the what was the ulterior the, the motive? Information. Yeah, and it made yeah. it made sense. Here, here. It made it made sense to shoot it down over water because yeah. you've got a better. Oh yeah, that's, got a, I mean that was the obvious thing. I mean, granted, falling from you know ten miles high, the water's still going to be like concrete, but it's not going to be as hard as solid earth, and so the debris becomes a little more rever- uh, uh, a little more recoverable. By the way, Todd just sent me a message and said, "Yo, Clarence, so nice to hear you." Hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> but that's, um, I, um, yeah, you know, I'm like with everybody else. I'm, I'm sitting there uh, scratching my head with that because the, um, now I'm getting a little bit on the silly, but there's a kernel of truth to the silly. Okay, the Chinese all of a sudden now, they're trying to gather intelligence, you know, more intelligence. And I'm like, I was sitting there and said, okay, we got Malcolm Air Force Base up there in um, in um, Montana. You know, this is the first place to go. And we got base off it in, in Nebraska. But anyway, I said, shit, if they really, really want some information, all they got to do is go down to the local Chinese restaurant that's sitting right off of each one of them bases. There. And there's probably quite a few of them. They get all the information that they need down there while somebody's eating some wonton soup. You know, so, I, you know, get a, a GI that's half high. Run his mouth, and um, you know, that's how they get the intelligence, man. They tell us from one person to the other, and then um, you know, and most of what they call operational security, people let stuff slip out, man. Even people got the top top tier um clearances and stuff when they thrown um, you know, when they high or you know or mine somewhere else, they inadvertently give up information, and they and, and what happens with the intelligence people, they piece the. Whatever little bit of information they get, they get might get something from one person, 
and another person, maybe a hundred people, but eventually they could put a story together, you know. But I, um, there's so much coming out, you know, with the internet and the, and the, and the uh, and the talking heads, man, it's just unbelievable, man. And they all want to lay that stuff down in, uh, in Mr. Biden's lap. And he did, first he did what he was um, told the best thing to do. You know, he probably didn't make that decision himself, but it was for him to say, yeah, go ahead on and do it. But that was after, you know, the, uh, the strategic military head sat down and said, sir, we, we got to put that thing down over the water. Because, like I said, if it fell anywhere in the United States on top of somebody, then they were, oh, he did it. And then he did it on purpose. I, I heard one story that he um, he was in cahoots with the Chinese of bringing the spy, spy balloon along. Like, where did y'all get that from? It, it, comes, it comes from the thin gray settlings that slosh around between their ears and pass for brains. I mean, oh if, if there's a takeaway for this from the, you know, from a, maybe a Chinese government perspective, mm-hmm. I hate to admit it, but if you're if you're sitting there in Beijing, aren't you going what? And not so much about any data that they gathered with the balloon, but just the way that ordinary Americans responded to it. Damn, they're dumb. Those are some seriously stupid yeah. people. Oh yeah, they, they, um, you're exactly right. Um, they, they're at, um, what they, um, what I'm gonna say? They're analyzing our response, and, it, and it's just totally ridiculous. You know, uh, everything there, and it's not so bad from you know folks down where we at, and I love the ones we interact with every day. But we're talking about our leaders, man. Down in Con- you gotta be kidding me. Some of the crap, and I'm really up, you know. I'm getting ready to say I'm shocked at Tom Cotton. This guy who's in the Army, you know, he's been around and stuff. And some of them, you know, um, Robin, I want to say this. They say some of the most ridiculous things, and I'm like, they know better than that. And they, they know what they're saying doesn't make any sense. But they figure the people that's receiving it, <laughs> they don't understand it. So they, they can stand up there and say any damn thing. Man. And the media... Doesn't challenge these guys, man. I mean, like some of the stuff come out of their mouths. I'd be like, wait. My first thing, if I was a journalist, I would um after every question, where's your evidence? You know, I, you never hear nobody say, where's your evidence? Where's your receipts? You said that now. Where's your evidence that that happened? And um, because of I think everything just off the rails, man. People just say what they want to say, do what they want to do. Um, but yeah, that was my little piece on that that darn balloon. Then. And uh, hey, Rob, another thing, I was following you with your, uh, you know, this thing with uh, the weight loss thing, right? Yeah. And I was, um, what I did, I'll tell you, this is a little trick that I did. While I was following somebody, you know, at the fair, which I think on YouTube. But anyway, I tried it because the guy, he was explaining about the, uh, the the toxicity of sugar, right? So I took the challenge. He told me, uh, well, he was telling, you know, the people listening, stop eating sugar for about three weeks, right? Okay, I'm in the eight days. I'm in the eight days of that, that sugar. Robin, I've lost seven pounds in eight days, and I ain't, I ain't ran a mile. I ain't did a push-up. I ain't did nothing. I said, that sugar, now the cravings is, is, is hell. But it's starting to calm oh, down. Our, now, you know, our, our bodies days. love that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. That sugar, because I thought my face got thinner and everything. He's talking about, say, what? Because he was showing before and after. 
A lot of folks don't understand about that sugar fee. So I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try to uh, see how far I can go with it because I, I did the sugar fast before, man, and then I just bought them out, man. I just, it was the cravings were so bad, I just had to have something. Uh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a yeah. yellow, yellow cake with chocolate icing treat. Oh <laughs> no, no, oh you hurt me, you hurt me. I, oh, I, oh, oh. I, the, and the darker the chocolate icing, the better. That was the best. That was the best thing in the world. That was the best thing in the world. Hey. Give me that. Give me that wooden spoon. And, and I'd be, saying, Mom, you don't have to put it all on the cake. I, you can just, you can just, you know. And we wonder how I got where I am, but uh, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm absolutely. Um, one of the things that I was told to do, and uh, I take it, is to drink all. Just drink like uh, at least a gallon of water a day. Um, yeah, water. I've been doing that too. I've been doing a big intake of water. I've been doing. You know what else? I've been mixing water. You know, just regular water. And um, I get this glacier water they got at a tracking spot. But anyway, um, I got lemon water too. And I drink that three or four times. I, I love the. Too. I love the. I love the Lacroix. Uh, you know, there's no sugar. There's no artificial anything. It's just essence. It's just flavored seltzer water. The tangerine. Uh, you, you crack the can. You, you crack. I mean, how do you spell that? I heard you speak on that. Bit. How do you spell that? L e. What, how is that spelled? L a c r o i x. Okay, Lacroix. That's a French French name, like right there. Yeah, but it's um, try, you know Pepsi or somebody probably owns it. Where was this stuff made? Oh yeah, you know one of them big, uh, big companies on all the beverages now. But yeah, I'll, I'll try California. that thing because I've been um. Out of yeah, they got. I mean, they got. But, uh, they got so many flavors. They, they've got a lemon cello one. They've got a key lime one that, honest to God, it tastes like key lime pie. There's just, you know, it's just, but it's just essence. It's not, it's not any overt chemistry kind of. It, and the lemon, the I haven't, the only thing I haven't I, found a flavor yet. I don't like. I stay away from the grapefruit because I just worry about potential drug interactions. That's all. Right. I um. The only thing I drink beside the water, you know, every now and then I bought it from um, Sam, I bought a case of, uh, and I get these every day, uh, that Bi, B-A-I. Yeah. I get yeah. those. I think they uh, they got stevia in it, and, um, and I drink those. But the catch to those, a lot of people don't cause it feel like that little appetite. You got to drink it real, 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 real cold, you know. That's when, I mean, when we give you that, you know, that headache. <laughs> but other than that, um. I'm doing the same thing you're trying to do, man. Trying to get that, uh, get my body right because I, yeah, I and, and I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. Um, yeah. I took I took my daughter for her birthday dinner last night, and she wanted mm-hmm. to, she wanted to go to the Japanese place, and so we both had a little bit of sushi. So I had a little bit of rice, but it got didn't didn't seem to do me much harm. And really, was it a mom, was, was it a mom and pop Japanese restaurant? Or is that uh, Miyabi? Because you know they got the. What was it? Yeah, it's well, it, it was it, it was originally it was owned by a chain, but the people who run this restaurant bought it bought it from the chain, and they run it on their own now. Um, oh, okay. It's yeah, not per- it's more not, independent. Yeah. It's not particularly mom and pop, but it's good. Uh-huh. En- it's good enough for around here. And their their right. their ramen is 
really quite tolerable. Mm. I mean, it's not like going it's not like going to a ramen shop in Tokyo, but uh, uh, or or New, or New York or Philly. Uh, I haven't had I haven't had no ramen in a long time. I um, uh, you know, now you just get the store bought, but if you know, with the blood pressure thing, I just I ain't messing with it. Yeah, it's been a while since I had. No, it's a it's a different it's a different thing to sit down in a good Japanese restaurant uh, or a good a good ramen yeah. shop. I don't I don't know if you'd find any down around where you are, but there's uh, Chris and Chris from Germany and I uh, had probably the best bowl of ramen I've ever eaten at a and I talked to Todd about it a little little place around the corner in Chinatown in uh, Philly. Uh huh. Just thank. Yeah, I haven't been up in Philly in a while either. So, so yeah, much, true, uh, true ramen broth is like a two-day affair making it. Yeah, like when I was sta- when I was stationed in Korea, and you know that's I, I think that's ramen central over there. They uh, it was way much better. Like off base, you go to the to the Korean restaurants, it was just total difference from the you know the uh, grab a bag and throw you know boil and throw the uh, salt packet. <laughs> yeah, no, the, yeah, they, the, the uh, flavor boost yeah. packet. Yeah. Yeah, everything is totally different, you know. So, but, but that's good to hear that you're um, doing good with that. So, uh, well, we'll see. The so, what do you think tomorrow is going to happen with Mr. Biden? <laughs> you uh, think he's going to? I have a beef with Kev, him. Kevin in Massachusetts Straight just up. said something to me, and it was like, he said, "I got a feeling tomorrow is going to be a shit show," and I think he's absolutely right. And yeah. And Darlene's worried about President Biden's safety because there's no guarantee that Marginal Trailer Queen or Lauren Bobblehead Boobert Clanny Oakley won't be there with a damned AK-40 AR-15. Those people are crazy, Clarence. Yeah, it's all it's all theater, and they play. You know, they ah, it's so. Somebody told me that what it is. It's, It's a strategy. Um, what they say, the, the, the billionaires and the millionaires, you know, basically control this thing. Uh, spend a lot of money and time, you know, buying these politicians, you know, and they come out there spouting all this stuff. And the whole thing is that, you know, it's directed at us, folks like us. It's to keep us divided where we don't do no critical thinking or or what they call theories and all this stuff. And, uh, and, and it's working, man. It, it, it's working. It's got everybody. Each side, we arguing and fussing and fighting, man, and calling each other's names. You know, it's just so crazy. Sometimes I just sit back and I just scratch my head. I'm like, man, what's it going to be like 100 years from now if this continues like this, you know? And I and I feel sorry for the next generation, man, because if we don't get our shit together, man, we, we got a serious, serious problem. It's, but it's a strategy, man. I've, I've seen a little article about the, one of the Koch brothers, I guess the only one that's still alive, uh, that they, they ain't going to throw no more money at Trump, you know. So I said, well, that, you know, as much as I despise the Koch, I said, well, you finally said something that I like. And, uh, and that's a big deal. A lot of people, you know, and Trump, you know, he can't come out, he can't curse him out or nothing like that, you know, because uh, you know where his limitations are, too, with the millionaires and, uh, well, with the billionaires, you know. And, uh, for them to come out, for him to come out there and say that hey, we got to go in a different direction, because they see, um, you know, they put that clown down there, you know, to do the tax cuts, you know, then they thought they could ride his back, you know, with some other uh, 
out of season stuff, but he was off the rails. And uh, but now some of them, you know, some of them big time Republicans, uh, money backers, they starting to realize right, we gotta let this guy go, man. And uh, if he's a he's a nut. No. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he is. But, but the thing is, there are still far too many people who want, who want to go along with him. I mean, Marco Rubio yesterday on ABC licking his licking his boots uh, over over the balloon. Yeah, I think you know what that with Mark um, with most of them guys and gals like that, the ones who still doing, and they know better too. They, they, they I mean, that's just they well. I'm using quotes. They're conservative, but these guys are not complete idiots. You know, as far as their, their intellect and what they're doing, they're using this guy so they can hold on to the little crap knuckleheads that they got down at the bottom. You know, the bottom rung. But he know better than that, he, and he know that guy because they're the same guys that spoke. They spoke the truth about him. You know, during the campaign, right? Lindsey, uh, Rubio, Cruz, all of them. They described the man to the T. And now you can't even get their head right. out of this yeah. asshole. You yeah, know? Ex- exactly. They folded like a cheap suit. And the fact of the yeah, matter is, you know, like, come on, Flavio points out that yeah, the coke, the coke organization is going to hold back on Trump, and they're gonna, instead they're going to throw money at Declantis because they know they know that he's, you know, he's evil and reasonably intelligent and can get their agenda done. Yeah. Yeah, if you can get in. But um, let me see. Um, now, you mentioned DeSantis. Now, this is the way I look at him, you know. Uh, I don't think he's going to pull it off because to me, it looked like he done went a little bit too far to the right with some of the crazy shit he's doing. And what he getting ready? And um, by him attacking, what, what really messed up, and he's getting ready to find out, by him attacking this black history thing, you know, oh, the history, blah, blah, blah. He done woke up, a, you know, the, they're going to say a sleeping giant, but a half sleeping giant. Because the um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm following black media too, and right now they got a big thing. They're getting ready to go do um, get down there, and as they do, get out in front of this dude down there in Florida. A lot of protesting, a lot of boycotting, a lot of things get ready to come his way. So the little the, the coke money, they um, right now they talking that crap, but they, they might have a change of mind with him. And um, then I uh, heard the article today about Pence. You know, he's going through his hat in the ring, right? But he's really talking crazy. I was telling him friend to say, I said, all right, he want to privatize Social Security. I said, let him try that that little stunt. I said, uh, black and brown folk, uh, we could just sit back and watch that uh, <clears throat> forest fire start. Because uh, these folks, <laughs> I said, these folks sitting in them damn trailer parks, no teeth in their mouth, um, ain't got no gun. Uh, but, you know, Social Security and SSI check, they ain't going to have that. So, he he really. I don't care if he just think the evangelicals gonna jump in. A lot of the evangelicals is on uh, Social Security, SSI, Medicare, Medicaid. So uh, he's coming after that. I think that's gonna be his Achilles heel. You know, he said, we tried it before. We're gonna try it again at your own peril, my friend. Because remember, um, remember when the Tea Party was starting up, and uh, they had uh, the Republicans themselves that ran this to oh, Obama. He's going to take your Social Security and Medicare. And that big chant they had, don't touch my check. Keep your hands off my check. And that chant will jump out there again. So I'm waiting for that little bit of uh, uh, struggles to start. 
you talking about privatizing that Social Security. Man, they want that money real bad, don't they? Oh, they want it they all. They want that money. You know, we said that for yeah. years. They want it all. And yeah, man. De- now, now, DeClantis uh, said that he, you know, he canned the AP Black History uh, Unit because it was full of woke stuff and CRT and queer theory. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a lying sack of shit, you know, but we know all, that. Yeah, but that's all cool. That thing, is, uh, you're, um, well, you're a historian, but uh, most people, the oldest people in, um, in the community, they remember during the King Day. Remember the King Day? What was the biggest chant they used there? Oh, he's a communist. He's a communist. I mean, they said it over and over. And, that, and that's what they're doing now. They're soft-peddling with the socialists. But the communists, that's code for uh, anybody don't think like them and, um, you know, uh, non-white folks. And that's the same thing. That's why I think he's going to shoot himself in the foot there. You know, he got he got his little following down. Well, he's there, all, you know, he's all, that's the whole thing. He's already kind of been busted on his claim that, well, we teach black African-American history in every school system in Florida. No, you don't, because the law that said they have to do that turned out to be an unfunded mandate. And he actually went yep. to, he actually went to school in the first county in Florida that taught a black history class, but it was optional. And he never hmm. took it. And while it's on the books that everybody's supposed to teach it, most of the counties aren't even trying. Uh, we have some special units during Black History Month. Uh, no, that's not it. No. The month of February is not the only time that you teach black history in this country. Exactly. Part of history, period. Yes. They, they say they, you don't want the real story. And my understanding, I don't know how true this is, Robert. I've heard um, he, he was a history teacher before he got into politics. Is there any truth to that, or that's some kind of rumor? Somebody said he was a history teacher. He's got a, yeah, he was, and he has a history degree into the bargain. Wow, yeah. So, he, he again, that goes back to what I said earlier. He's no better than that. And for him to be down there supporting the step, I don't know if he made this statement talking about uh, black history, there's no uh, value to it. What the hell are you talking about, dude? You can't. If he's a historian, you can't do history without the black his, the black experience. That's part of American history, you know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's the foundation of America. Black, of uh, black history, the black slavery of you know. Oh man, but uh, but anyway, if you uh, if the people that's receiving that message don't understand it or don't know nothing about it, you can get over on them, you know. So yeah, you can tell them any damn thing. Well, I mean, if, if, if Republican politics is nothing but confirmation bias. If you can, if, yeah. if you can, and, and, and that's part of its fascist roots. If you can isolate an other and tell these low information, low education voters that the reason they have the problems they have is because of them, whoever they are, you know, right now it's. Mm-hmm. You know, people like me, um, yeah, and 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 they will they will they will give you political power, mm-hmm. and that's that's where it's we sad. are. It's really sad, too, man. It's, it's sad for the. Um, well, I mean, you drive around South Carolina. You know what South Carolina's like. Your road, the roads down there, the roads. I mean, infrastructure. 
it's 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 all. Robin, you hit it right on the head. You hit it on the head. That I was saying here, Mrs. Lindsay, been down there for thirty some years. Now, I'm I'm, on, I'm I'm getting ready. I'm I'm at the uh, matter of fact, I'm at mile marker number five, South Carolina, right now, and it's just a line of traffic. This highway should have been widened years ago because Georgia has three lanes on that. South Carolina only has two, I mean, three lanes up where I live at by Florence. But the rest of the state is, uh, so that's 200 miles of um, interstate in this state. There's only 10 miles of three-lane traffic going east of direction. But all the rest, right now, it looks like uh, 5 o'clock rush hour, and it's all trucks out here. And this should have been widened years ago. And I'm like, you know, uh, Senator Graham ain't did nothing for South Carolina, except probably, you know, up in his little district where, you know, where he's from when he was a Congress person. But, uh, the rest of the day, you're exactly right. And I mean, it's so bad here. There's a stretch of 95 down here in um, South Carolina that you got to ride in the left lane because the right lane, the, uh, the material, it's so uh, fatigued and, you know, just crashing because, you know, the, the trucks and stuff. The thing needs to be fixed. And they, uh, I'm trying to think right now because I've run this thing just about every day or every other day. There is only one section right now that's under construction. So I don't know if this guy, uh, our governor, has gotten t- taken any of that infrastructure money or, you know, or what he's going to do. But you're exactly right. South Carolina is one of the worst states for uh, for roads, man. Terrible roads. <clears throat> and it's beca- and it's because of bad government. There's there's yeah. a, there is no good government to be had anywhere. I mean, Virginia tr- Virginia screws up and tries every now and then. I mean, they stopped like ten different anti-trans bills last week in their legislature. Uh, that's, you know that's that's so. Uh, ridiculous. Like sitting there saying, and I was getting ready to say, that's what they worried about bathroom bills and, you know, and gender bills. Come on. Got other things to worry about, you know. And the thing about these guys down here, I just had a thought bubble. All right, the roads. Okay, Biden, you know, passed the the infrastructure bill. So a lot of these uh, companies are going to start becoming down here. I think we got a lot of solar and wind coming in South Carolina. I read somewhere. And uh, still, you gotta have these roads set up for you know to, to get supplies in and out, and um, they're gonna be way behind the ball because then when, once they do that, if they start widening roads, it's gonna slow the transit of you know the, the supplies and the manufactured parts and stuff because you gotta get around you know the um, you know around the construction. So, and this this thing should have been done years and years ago, man. And I, and I know you know this. Had um, had we took the lead with President Carter when he started down there at the White House and stuff like where would we be at today, man? We we'd be talking almost forty years ago when he when he had on the plate, guys, we gotta change our way. And Ronald Reagan comes in, takes the solar panels down and shuts that shut that idea down and look at where where we at now. It's, it's, it's terrible, man. Well we've we History will look back at us as a nation of squandered opportunities, and we yeah. and we and we continue to squander them. Uh, and that's because down here, like you said, well, it, it is across the nation too. Because my my community, one of the things they don't understand, um, and I feel like everybody right now, 
you know, I can say everybody, but most Americans right now focus on the Super Bowl and these guys and gals. You know, you got some folks, uh, Robin, they can name everybody on the team. They can name every stat, every school. They know the bios of all the teams and all that stuff. But when you ask somebody, well, who's your district, um, who's the precinct leader, you know, political or whatever it might, ward leader, precinct leader, some people don't even know who the damn black Here, captain okay. is. So let me, yeah, let me let me throw a little bit of that your way. Uh, over the week, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the program Friday, I talked about the one Democrat who voted to take trans uh, take medical care away from trans kids. Eighty three Republicans, one Democrat. Well, he's from my county. Get out of here! Yeah, uh, I, I missed that. Yeah, he's from he's from my county. And he was elected with a lot of goodwill from a lot of Democrats who were absolutely sickened and shocked by his betrayal. And so as a consequence... So the journalist down there... Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, finish your thought. I'm sorry. So I started calling around and talking to some people I know in this county. And I asked, I said, well, you know... Because one uh, the one county next to us, their exec- Democratic Executive Committee has already denounced this guy, Elliot Pritt, for his vote. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. And, so, and, and, you know, he's a teacher, for God's sakes. And so I, so I asked a friend of mine, I said, do you, think, do you think the Fayette County, this is Fayette County, you think the Fayette County Democratic Executive Committee will do anything? And the answer I got was don't don't bet on it because they haven't had a meeting since November. So December, January, February, they won't have another meeting until March after the legislative session has ended. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a recipe for that, that's that's a, see, this way. To, yeah, I was going to say that's that, um that's where the journalist. That's what I'm saying. You know, I wish I was one of the, somebody. He should have. A hundred microphones in, in front of his face, and asking, "Why did you do that? What was, you know, why why would you make a vote like that? Because it, it got to be a reason, you know." And um, but that he, well, he, he was get away he, with it he was lied to, he was lied to, and he believed the lies. Oh, you think that's what it was? Yeah, yeah, he was lied to. I mean, the whole the whole bill was nothing but a raft of lies, and he bought into them. Uh, one, th- one thing I was told that over means, the weekend. That means he don't read the bill. He don't read the bills itself either, huh? Yeah, and he didn't show up for the hearing when when seventy nine uh, when seventy nine people spoke out against it, including me. And I know the guy. Sound like sound like y'all gonna get remove him then, because that's that's what happened. He, um, that goes back to my little thing. Uh, one thing about the politicians, everything. People, we as people, as the voters and stuff, you know, constituents or whatever. We got to learn how to manage their behavior. If they don't do what we want them to do, then we get rid of them, you know. And that's, um, but it's got to be, you know, a consensus. It's got to be everybody. We just can't have a hundred people in in one district voting when you got a thousand people that don't show up, you know. Got to learn. People got to be taught. You got to. We can. We can. We can change things if we manage their behavior. Because I'm a true believer. You only get away what you're allowed to get away with. Well, it's better. Nope. It is. It is easy. It is easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Yeah, that too. Because we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But for him to do that, you know, that's that's to me. It's weird because 
And now, you know, now I'm thinking about another conspiracy. And the first one come to me, I wanted, um, he was paid to do that. You know, I know it ain't a lot of money in West Virginia, but uh, we don't know what kind of pocket he got. See, a lot of, uh, we see people in um, powerful positions, but they also have their uh, um, shortcomings, you know, gambling, mistresses, you know, alcohol, drugs. You know, we don't, we don't see it on the surface behind the door. So money has, that's where money comes into. So I, I'm just curious about why would he do that? But would y'all talk, so with your committee, y'all talking about getting rid of this guy now, right? No, I mean, the, the, this committee's not talking about anything because this committee ain't meeting. Oh, okay. You know, the, 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 the prior chair actually had meetings every month. But it seemed like it would be some kind of, uh, you know, uh, outrage or anger, you know, with the Democrats down there at the minimum, you know, the little papers down there, Beckley and all that stuff. They would uh, at least some kind of story running out there at the minimum, at least shame the guy, you know, but, uh, you know, you know the place better than I do. But that's how, you know, that's the way the game's supposed to operate, man. You know, like, manage their behavior like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Hold on, hold on for a second here, Robin. Okay. Sure. Oh, I got going through the, I just got to Georgia. Yeah, I'm, I'm just coming into Georgia, and I got to go across this way station. Oh. I know my truck is right. I, I usually get a bypass, but uh, I don't know. They might be checking everybody. But, uh, yeah, he, um, he has to, uh, he needs to answer to that. He needs to answer to that. And so far, yeah, you know, that's, that's another one of those things where like the, the algorithms on Facebook mm-hmm. are just screwed. So I put up an essay there on this past Friday, right after I found out what he did. And apparently mm. Facebook doesn't want anybody on my Facebook to see it because it's had very... Very few interactions. Mm. And maybe it's because I linked to the news story itself because it had the it had the vote count to show that, yeah, he really voted that way. And maybe Facebook is suppressing the fact that it's got a news story in it. Right. You know, and it's weird with you sitting there now saying um, you got to basically because I see it. Um, I don't do as much research as you do. But you got to navigate that technology now, you know, to get somewhere. Like you said, you got to understand the algorithm. Because I was sitting, I was, um, and I really, this, this sounds conspiratorial, and maybe somebody else in the community had the same experience. I was just talking about something, right? Phone was on, but, you know, I mean, I wasn't talking to nobody like that. And the thing that I was uh, talking about came up in the feed, you know, do you want to buy this thing? <laughs> like, how the hell did they know about I was talking about some uh, bedroom set. That's what it is, because, you know, I've got this house. And all, all of a sudden, I'm getting all this information about bedroom set. Now, mind you, I haven't clicked on no bedroom set. I haven't done anything. And I'm saying, man, they can hear through the damn phone. So, you know, I, I hope that's not the case, but I, I don't put it past uh, technology today. But uh, I found that kind of weird. But that algorithm thing, is that, that thing is spooky. That algorithm thing is spooky to me. Well, Ralph's just uh, went over and uh, uh, interacted with it, so thank you, Ralph. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's, it's strange. It's just strange. I tell 
Now, I, I, I'll, I'll share with you. Now, I've been to your page on it, but I, I go to them pages and I, but I don't interact. I don't, I don't click nothing like that. You know, like I, um, I'm on there, but I really don't, um, like I said, I don't interact. I do what I call, I do a, a look by, you know, I look at different, because the other day, tell you, tell me a heartbreaking story. I looked at a friend of mine's up in Philly the other day, and it was weird. She had uh, two friends of mine, right? And um, Wade and Keith, guys I used to, you know, drink and get high and all this stuff with. This was years ago. But anyway, both of them died three days ago, within three hours of each other. So I'm trying to track down and find out what happened because my understanding that the brother uh, Wade had, got, you know, he had got clean. But I'm surmising that they, uh, you know, they started up again. And um, that fentanyl, is, I mean, it's real heavy down where I live at, you know, where I used to live at, in the neighborhood down there. And I think these guys, uh, that fentanyl took them both out. But uh, it was on her page that both of them died within two or three hours. That sounds like the media. They, um, you know, they got some bad drugs. But, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I just do that little look by, as I call it. And, I, and that's the kind of information I try to avoid. That's why I really don't want to do it, because now what's going on in my life, man, don't know a week go by, Robin, that I don't hear about somebody that passed away or or I know somebody, you know. It's, I mean, it's part of, you know, being in your 60s and 70s, but I get real depressed when I hear hear about somebody, you know, uh, getting off oh, this. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And I... Uh, Really softer, way much softer than I was years and years ago. But, but it, hey, it's human activity, and it is what it is. But I'm glad you're doing all right. And I, like I said, I'm going to chime in about that little balloon thing. Oh yeah. And I'm just wondering what's going, what's going to be the next big story because you know it's something coming. Because well, I think what they, well, uh, let's see, the, the, this, this the, is my little spin. The earthquake, it, I haven't even gotten to that. The earthquake is just horrifying. Oh, yeah. 15, saw, it, more than 1,500 dead and Ooh. climbing. Oh. Man, hey, Robin, I've seen some of that video, and that's the, the, the mortality piece came in. These folks, now, Joe, picture this. They're just interacting in their normal day every day, going up and down the street, blah, 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 and it's just one crowd, and a whole apartment complex just collapsed, right? And the people were running toward the whoever had the, uh, their phone off and the camera, they were running towards them. And I'm like, oh my God. And you know, and I said, man, you don't know how good you got it until you see something like that, you know, sometimes. And it's, yeah, that's a mess over there, man. And then the thing about it, with the buildings, I was looking at the class and the first thing come to my mind, I said, yeah, they got massive in, uh, infrastructure problems. Because they had some complex is still standing and some just be, you know, went down into a, you know, into sand. And then uh, one of the uh, heartbreaking things, because you were historian and stuff, and I, I got a little touch of that too. I watched this uh, picture of a castle that is, a two, you seen that, the 2,000-year-old castle? Yeah, I did. That is just demolished. Yeah, man, I'm like, wow. And that was just only, it's probably a lot of damage like that, old artifacts and things from, you know, different eras. Oh, and yeah, I just, so I just saw, an, I just saw, an, yeah, I just saw an update. The death toll is up past thirty five hundred now. Wow, it probably go up even higher because these apartment complexes are ten and twelve stories up, so they haven't even dug through all of those yet. I mean, they just get, 
they got to wait for the equipment. They don't, they don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the equipment. And you know, and everybody's rallying around. But yeah, uh, before it's all over, they're probably the ten thousand. But um, prior earthquakes over there, them, them things take a lot of lives over there. Ten thousand, twenty-five thousand lives is, is, is nothing for some of them over there. So I hope it don't get no bigger, but they got to go through all those uh and. Syria and Turkey, you, you got mind you, in the last 20 or 30 years, they kind of stepped up into the 20th century, 21st century. And, you know, they got a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, modern stuff over there. But I'm sure they don't have the codes and stuff that we have here. But, uh, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess over there, man. And I wonder if, I, now, I wonder if Putin, can, now here come the policy. I wonder if Putin's going to, Run to the aid of Syria while he's got this war going on, and you probably already know that answer. Like I know it, you don't. You can't help him out. Well, the, I do know that the U.S. has reached out and said we're we're we we are we're on board to do anything we can to help. Yeah. So. Yeah, we we usually do that. I think it was only four years that uh, we had a time when it uh, it had been. Maybe Nitwit Nero can go over and throw paper towels at them. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. What, what do you think? You think this guy is going to ever get convicted or indicted or what? <laughs> I done gave up on him. Uh, I, I think his uh, white privilege and his, his little bit of wealth he got, that's his shield, man. Now, here's a wild hit. Now, here's another airbase. <laughs> I would have to be reacting to this. I'm at the point now. You know what I'm saying? I was telling somebody, uh, you know the word tribalism, right? Right. And I said, uh, Garland and all of them. I say, I say, don't get it twisted. Now these folks are rich folks. Hey, they might not be as rich as um Trump, but they, you know, they're rich folks, and they 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 protect each other and stuff. Because I can't see why he ain't taking no action against this guy yet, other than that I really don't want to do it. He's one of us. Made a mistake, you know. So I, mean, I don't that's think my it, I don't think it's so much. He's one of us. Um, I think some. I, I think there are discussions going on at very high levels about mm-hmm. whether you know what it would mean to the country to indict a former president. We got perilous. Yeah, uh, we got we got perilously close with Nixon. And that was arguably as much unrest as there was. That was a saner time. These maggots, yeah. these maggots are plum sprayed roach crazy, Clarence. And so yeah. the calculation becomes one for Merrick Garland and Jack Smith of is it more dangerous to indict him or is it more dangerous to let him walk? I happen to be of the opinion that it's more dangerous to leave him untouched. I, hey, I, I, it goes back to my little thing, man. You got to manage these people's behavior, man. And I said, if they get this guy, that'll shut down. Because, you know, you got the followers. Always, you know, gangs and stuff like that. I grew up for like, you always got the followers and stuff like that. But when they, um, the average, Joe, when they see something, I ain't going to get what happened to him. And then all of a sudden, their attitudes and behavior changes, you know. And I, um, 
And that's that's what's got to be done. I mean, Trump, at least one of them big guys, uh, uh, Mark Meadows, somebody up there, because what it does, you manage to you got to send a message. Look, guys, y'all can't, this can't be done. Look what happened to them. You know, the, the, the small guys, we've seen them getting locked up and getting all the time and stuff like that. But we see that all the time, you know. You know, in your own community. Oh, so and so, you know, we got 15 years in jail, man, running up in the corner sport. See that? I want to see one of these leaders, the ones who rally all this craziness up and, um, you know, and shut them down. But, uh, I said, you, you got a point. They, they might be protected. I, I even uh, had a thought that, uh, one of the reasons they might not want to do it because of the uh, the prestige of the greatest country in the world, you know, you call it United States, and they don't want to, they don't want to have that in our historical record that our top leader ended up, you know, being a criminal, uh, uh, at least uh, indicted and, and uh, convicted. So I think they're trying to avoid that. That might, you know, that might be a reason. I, who knows? But, uh, but I, uh, I ain't ashamed to say, if it was Brother Obama. I, I joke with my friends now. I say, if it was Obama, he'd be two years into his jail sentence. By <laughs> Matter of fact, he'd be putting Probably together a home plan. Yeah, <laughs> on the home plan. <laughs> yeah, he, that's how far down a jailhouse he would have been already. He'd be putting in a home plan, Jack. <laughs> but uh, it's America, man. I love it. But sometimes I'm disgusted with it. <laughs> it. But, uh, well, Robin, you have a good night, all right? I'm going to I am going to try. I'm so glad you called in, Clarence. It's always nice to hear from you. You stay safe out there, you hear? Yeah, I'm down here in Georgia now trying to make it to the Florida line, and I'm going to take a break down here to, just north of Jacksonville. Well, stay. But you, I'm doing all right, man. You, like I said, I'm still You're in, you're in crazy town busy. all the way, so stay safe. Oh, yeah, it's just nuts down here. All right, you have a nice night in um, the community. Have a nice night, too. All right. Thank All right. you, Clarence. You take care. Bye now. Right. That's our buddy Clarence on the road, South Carolina, into Georgia. Going to take a break when he crosses into Florida. <sighs> Thanks for the call, Clarence. And in, I, I, have to, I have to check in on this just because it looks uh, so delightful. Steve Steve Schmidt, Republican that he is, and whatever sins he's working off for what he's done in the past, is unsparing and quite frequently hilarious. Uh, Marco Rubio is vice chair of the Intelligence Committee. And maybe ranking member or whatever, because, you know, I don't think we have to power share with them anymore. But as noted in the early earlier part of the program, he absolutely had a conniption over the balloon. And as a consequence, Steve Schmidt burned him to the ground, saying uh, that Rubio is comprised of silliness and vapidity. A serious matter has been taken and twisted into kernels of imbecility by an American politician who routinely lies, dissembles, and accuses his opponents of being enemies while treating adversaries with delusion and disregard. Marco Rubio 
believes the balloon was a deliberate provocation aimed at showing the world that America is a decaying superpower that will never meet its treaty obligations and defend Taiwan, Japan, Korea, or the Philippines. The proof of this is the helplessness of America as the balloon floated overhead. Rubio's position seems to be rooted in pretending the balloon wasn't actually shot down, which of course it was. And uh, added that uh, whoever bet on stupid won. And speaking of stupid, well, there's uh, 3X Marsha Blackburn, who went on a tweet storm. Was Biden concerned with upsetting his friends and Hunter's business partners over in China when assessing the Chinese spy balloon? Almost 48 hours after public discovery, the Chinese spine balloon has been shot down. It makes you wonder, would Biden's Department of Defense have shot it down if the American people hadn't found out? Good God. And as for, you know, as, as Clarence asked earlier, what comes next? Well, um, State of the Union. Tomorrow will be State of the Union all day. And then Wednesday will be State of the Union all day. As people dig out from the rubble. You know, there are more than three million refugees from the Syrian civil war uh, in that neck of the woods in Turkey. And they are already facing famine. They're already discriminated against. They are already people without a country. But what are they? What are they upset over? At, uh, upset about over at Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda? Anti-white propaganda in the new Proud Family reboot. Why? Because the rebooted cartoon has a rap in it that, uh, that shows kids singing about slavery and reparations. Uh, it's on Disney+, Plus. the Proud Family, louder and prouder. And there's a the line, this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Children chanted, the descendants of slaves continue to build it. Slaves built this country, and we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering and continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in a systematic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. I mean, oh, God. Every day is just an unending quest over at Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, to find something to get their geriatric audience enraged about. 
slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Yeah, there you go. Ridiculous, ridiculous. You know, it's no secret now, Trace, Says that our guy. kids are being sexualized in almost every aspect of our society. You know, I was here not too long ago to talk to you about how they were being sexualized with family-friendly drag shows, right. with queer... Uh, this, this particular dickhead is named Aldo Budazoni, a personality from PragerU. Notice they don't say professor because Dennis Prager is smart enough not to get himself sued like Trump University literature in schools and now it's happening with our beloved Disney shows I remember watching this but you know what it is is the left's another attempt to to shove this LGBTQ propaganda and this woke nonsense down our throats while they're calling it something different and uh, down our throats. throats yeah this was this was CRT more than than anything else I want to move mm -hmm. on to YouTube because you talk about sexualization yeah. you funny how there's a there's a cartoon about if there's a cartoon about actual you know black history that it's immediately CRT these fuckers still don't know what CRT is actually they do know but they're not going to smarten up the chumps that sit in front of their TVs and drink the poison all day long and all night long YouTube Kids writes, quoting here, we work hard to keep videos on YouTube Kids family friendly and use a mix of automated filters built by our engineering teams, human review and feedback from parents to protect our youngest users online. And then you have this uh, queer kids stuff titles below. Learn about consent. Queer kids stuff. What does gay mean? B is for bisexual. T is for trans, transgender, drag queen, lip sync. It's OK to be gay. Lip sync. Insane. Yeah. So I, I went into the, the YouTube kids to to see what YouTube was curating mm -hmm. for our kids. And oh, no, the children are learning that they're learning that there is somebody else in America that is, except uh, cis, het, white, Christian people, most importantly, men. And like you saw there, it was video after video about sexuality, about gender that wasn't just available to them, but was curated to them being shoved in their faces. Um, and, you know, kids need shoved in their faces. Well, I mean. I, I, is it the position of Fox News TV Radio Rwanda that it's not OK to be queer? Need a little help here? Need to be protected from this sexualized content. Um, and, you know, as, as, ex as revealing as this expose was that I did on Twitter and exposing YouTube Kids for what it was, there are still questions that need to be answered, which is, what does the curation process at YouTube Kids look like? Mm -hmm. Who is in charge of that process? And why do they feel that this is appropriate for children? Yeah, uh, so you went out because you had to do some... In uh, because some kids are queer. I mean, not just, I mean... <sighs> I get, you know, back when it was a slur, I was trying to think the other day, the first time I got called queer. I was probably maybe fourth grade, fifth. And I didn't necessarily know what I meant, what it meant. Uh, it, just like I didn't know what the F word meant when it was used on me. But you don't necessarily have to know what something means 
to know the intent with which it is delivered because it was dripping with hatred and vitriol every time it was used. You're a queer. So in a way, I think I'm kind of glad that the word has been reclaimed. And, you know, turned out I didn't know what the word meant, but I guess I was. Oops. You know, a little bit of research on people in electric cars. California wants to ban the sales of all electric cars by 2035. Let's watch this and we'll get... Wait. California wants to ban the sale of electric cars by 2035. Trace Gallagher, I I think you've got it backwards. You're going to confuse Emery and Marveline. Let Aldo explain it. Do you think it's really fair to call it zero emission when 60% of the energy is coming from fossil fuels anyway? I don't think it's fair to call it a zero emissions per se, but I I don't think that... Dude, if a guy comes to you and sticks a microphone in your face and the mic flag, mic standard on it says, Fox, don't talk to him. It's not going to end well. And, of course, they're having, you know, um, Ron Monkey up DeClantis is going after Disney. I do. I, I wish Disney would just pack up and move the, the whole damn thing to San Diego. Put it all in California. Why the hell not? Florida certainly doesn't seem to be interested because now they want to they want to take control of uh, they want to take control of the, the the Disney tax status because Disney is woke God. Oh, and by the way, we we had the uh, uh, $25 jiggling balloon challenge on the table courtesy of Ralph's, and we're almost done with the program, and we're goose-egging it with a $500, $540 fundraising um, goal. So if uh, someone could see their way clear to answering that challenge... It'd at least get us down to 490 for the evening. I hope. Uh, frankly, we need to do a lot more than that. Just trying to, you know, again, just trying to keep this whole thing going. And I can't keep this going without keeping, you know, the house going. You know, electricity, things like that. Um, Uh, that's going to require further study. I suppose, uh, you know, in the midst of the balloon crisis, we've somehow managed to mm, underplay a different a different crisis for a little corner of the country. 
over in the eastern part of northeastern part of Ohio, up near the Pennsylvania border. There's a little village called East Palestine, Ohio. And they just had a bomb train derail. And the bomb train was carrying everything from uh, grain or pancake mix or whatever uh, to uh, malt liquor. Not kidding. But along the way, there was also uh, several tanker cars of flammable, explosive, toxic chemicals. And at first, there was an evacuation in the immediate area. And now, an evacuation's been ordered up to a mile away from the derailment site, which, by the way, being a bomb train, is still on fire. The derailment actually happened on Friday about 9 o'clock at night. And it's still smoldering as of this morning. It was a bomb train. It was 141 cars long. Nine cars were empty. It was being pulled by three locomotives. It was headed from Madison, Illinois to Conway, Pennsylvania. Apparently, according to the National Transportation Safety Board, the three-person crew on the, uh, on, on, the, on the train was told that there was a mechanical defect before the derailment occurred, and they pulled an emergency brake, and then shit hit the fan. But Norfolk Southern Railway has given $25,000 to the Red Cross to help with the people who have been displaced from their homes because of their bomb train. Of particular concern is vinyl chloride, uh, other combustible liquids, and of course uh, benzene residue in some of the in some of the tankers, as well as plastic pellets and wheat and what's happening now is that a dramatic temperature change in one of the tanker cars could cause a massive explosion and according to Ohio's not quite what I would call competent Governor Mike DeWine the explosion could send shrapnel into the air as far as a mile away if it blows. Deadly shrapnel traveling up to a mile. And people have thus far refused to evacuate, and they are being begged to go. 5 cars worth of vinyl chloride. Pay no, uh, pay, pay no attention. By the way, they're, they're, they're saying that one of the, the axle failed 
on one of the cars, but they don't know which one it was. Jeez. Hey, George, thank you so much. George and Coarse Gold, and thank you so much to Emilio. Uh, Ralph says Jiggling Balloon Challenge has been met, and we are down a little bit further. Uh, let's see. <laughs> We're down to $460 to go and sort of racing against the power company. 460 to go. By the way, the, the conversation with Clarence, Jude enjoyed that uh, very much. Regarding the balloon, I find myself comforted knowing President Biden's at the helm. If it were a Republican sitting in that key position, this would cause pause as the diversions were many, and I felt at alert, uh, Robin, when hearing of such anomalies, but not today. Great interchange between you both. Warmly, Jude. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. And Jude just shared a photo with me of the wall. Photos of her co-workers and friends that she started in her place of employment a year ago. It started with one photo a year ago. And now it takes up practically a whole wall. That's just lovely. Absolutely lovely. Oh, oh, this is, yeah, um, Kevin in Colorado Springs just sent this along earlier, and I'd seen it at, uh, and wanted to make sure we got to it. Uh, the war on women continues. Jesus. And here, in this case, in a state like Colorado, which is supposedly reliably blue, abortion is legal at all stages in Colorado. Abortion is protected as a statutory right, a fundamental right. Nonetheless, however, according to a publication called not called the Colorado Sun, there are two hospitals in Colorado that have made the decision that women can't get their tubes tied. as the report notes, without a public announcement. What the actual... mm. The only hospital in Durango, Colorado, that has a maternity ward, Mercy Hospital, is one of the two hospitals. Among other things, they say that a woman cannot get her tubes tied unless she has cancer. Because, of course, the hospital wishes to impose uh, its religious beliefs upon people who don't share their religion. Centura Health is responsible for conducting itself in a manner consistent with the ethical principles of the Catholic Church ministry.
They started off saying women couldn't get a tubal ligation after a vaginal birth. Now they're saying, no, not after a a C-section either. Dr. Kimberly Preeb has practiced as an OBGYN in Durango, Colorado for 20 years. She delivers about 100 babies a year. And she said, this decision undermines our patients' trust in Centura. So that means they have to send patients to another hospital, which will probably become overwhelmed as a result. And they also have to schedule it separate from their birth process, which puts them at greater risk because it adds in another procedure. And, of course, it's more costly. The only way Dr. Preeb has been able to do the procedure at Mercy Hospital is by filling out a blessing form that then goes to a group of mullahs, I mean, religious people, a committee, who then grants permission on behalf of the church. And now Mercy Hospital says they will only allow tubal ligation after a C-section if and only if the woman has a genetic predisposition to ovarian or breast cancer. Dr. Preeb said, this is a very small number of women and what an arbitrary exception. What about women with hypertension, diabetes, blood clotting disorders, uterine abnormalities, and the many other risk factors that can make pregnancy deadly? Seems the Catholic Church doesn't want a woman dying of cancer, but during pregnancy is okay? And so women wanting to get their tubes tied are facing an hour-long drive to Denver. And... No woman in labor needs to drive that far. Amy Tomlinson, an OBGYN in Summit County, Colorado, said the Catholic position is if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. Well, it's not like you can go across town when your hospital's the only one in a tri-county radius. We essentially become an island during snowstorms. Even if a patient wants to go elsewhere, she may not be able to get there. And then you're asking women to drive an hour or more while they're laboring? Why would we put women at risk for rupturing their uterus or for giving birth on the side of the road? Well, because that's what Jesus wants. Or at least that's what the Roman Catholic Church says Jesus wants. Mercy Hospital was founded by a bunch of nuns in 1882 and joined Centura Health in 2010. And they, in turn, are a wholly owned subsidiary of Common Spirit Health, the largest Catholic health care system in the United States. And in Colorado, they have 16 hospitals. They never stop. They never, ever 
stop. Because women really don't matter that much. Don't matter at all. Remember the language from the descent in Dobbs. From the moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of. And it turns out to be getting more true by the day. And then this, because I hate polling data, but here you go. According to an Associated Press NORC poll, a majority of Americans, and this is the disturbing part, a majority of Democrats in the poll from AP NORC says that only 37% of Democrats say they want him to seek a second term, down from 52%. This man has done an astonishing job in these two, these two years. But Sarah Overman, age 37, a Democrat who works in education in Raleigh, North Carolina, said... I honestly think he would be too old. We could use someone younger in the office. This is the most progressive president we've had since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Bar none. And so I guess we want a primary fight so that we can guarantee there will be a Republican in the White House in 2024. (sighs) This is why we can't have nice things. Uh, Let's go back to the uh, stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Well, you know, this is perfect timing because there's only about 10 minutes left. Hey, Jude. Hey. Well, I very much enjoyed your interchange with uh, Clarence and those that wrote in. And Clarence is great. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, to give kind of a on-the-spot, you know, talking about the, you know, the, the interstates, uh, you know, how poorly. You know, Chris from uh, Portland ran into something when, when Tracy came up to visit. He was on the freeway and his uh, tire hit a pothole in one of our, you know, I-5. And he's going through, a, you know, quite a process with his insurance company because it was like thousands of dollars to get him out of that whole situation. But uh, what I wanted to uh, what I wanted to share with you, I really appreciated you reading about the, uh, the wall that at where I work. Oh, that's just lovely. (laughs) It started off as a Christmas store because the warehouse, the different areas, um, you know, when, you know, 
do things for Christmas and such. And I started taking photos of individuals that I'd always asked their permission, but of really kind of unique situations that was going on, uh, you know, in the warehouse. And it started on my door to my, you know, my, my housekeeping closet. And then it started expanding. And my supervisor said, you know, Jude, you probably should maybe do that across, you know, just, you know, across the wall there where they have opportunities for, you know, different uh, uh, job positions and such. So looking at it now, that it's just about, I mean, there must be, I don't know, what do you think, 200 people, 300? I mean, there's a lot of that's wonderful a, No, there's space. a lot of people, and that's a year. That's a year. And what it's done, it has opened up this interchange of individuals, you know, a lot of us don't, you know, come from a huge ego kind of place, but we do come from, it's nice to be acknowledged. It's nice to be walking down the road and have someone, you know, say hi or maybe nod or, or whatever. And all those teeny tiny simple things, you know, just uh, seem to raise for me, you know, the level of consciousness and energy. And uh, it's since it's coming to a close, and everyone's asking, are you, you know, Judah, going to continue? And I said, no. I said, I don't think I'm going to continue the wall. But what I'm going to do, I think on my door, is find, um, kind of open it up to the whole warehouse, to find moments randomly. And, and I always ask permission before and show the photo of what I have taken to anyone, you know, because I wouldn't, you know, I'd never overstep. But to find certain wonderful, not just random acts of kindness, but just unique positions of where people are, because it's such a, you know, a composite of, you know, it's a sports warehouse. So we have, I mean, I'm around skiers and snowboarders and bikers, you know, that go on for, you know, days. One of my dear friends just came out of uh, Canada uh, at Whistler and then went down to one of my other company's place places in uh, Utah. And all that energy, all that clear, wonderful energy comes back and fills up that warehouse. So, uh, and then when Kevin wrote in from Colorado Springs, I thought that was very pressing on, <clears throat> on his behalf. And forgive me if I, you know, become a little bit too tender. But bringing up about, you know, a woman's right in that precarious place that women stand, trying to, you know, really, you know, are are we willing to and able to bring another life into this world? We, um, over the weekend, I had someone very close in my family that went through that and took uh and maybe it's one of those times that you might say to me, you know, Jude, I don't think this is, you should talk about this. Um, you know, Billable called in one night and was really caught up in the euphoria of finding someone. And I, and I sense from your perspective, Robin, that you were trying to be so protective of both people that you asked it, you know, you asked him maybe to leave it be for the back porch. So I don't know if, what I share with you right now is appropriate, but, uh, uh, and you'll stop me, right? Uh, well, you haven't, you haven't said anything be, to be stopped for yet. Well, one of my, um, beloved members of my family had to terminate a pregnancy over the weekend oh. and was given that 
was given that pill, um, and I can't, mascara, I don't even know what the name of it was. Uh, are you talking about the two, the two stage and mifepestone, is it? Um, and then it, there's a the second could, one? Yes, yeah, the second day. And the second day, it's two sublinguals that go in different parts of, um, you know, the lower, you know, part of our, you know, inner mouth. And it was like so, because she would be a wonderful mother. And I had to reaffirm her of her beauty and her goodness. But also realizing, you know, that her car had just been stolen. You know, her cousin had, you know, died in that. I mean, I don't mean to sound melancholy, but, you know, the family's been processing a lot. And I tried so... A ton. Absolutely. I yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> But nothing has given more than we can handle. You know, I just... Uh, so... And I, and I shared with her over and over, I said, you know, one thing I want to affirm you about, whatever decision you make, you will be a wonderful mother. But I want you to realize that, that, that where you are involves another human being. And, uh, and this is the difficult part. After that second day, uh, when the contractions and everything went on, she comes out of um, my back bathroom, and she's, like, just shock-laden. I mean, I had never seen her like that before. And she looks at me, and she said, I, I think I saw a face, Nana. I think I saw a face. How far along was she? Uh, six, six weeks. She didn't see his face. Well, what I, what I had come to learn, Robin was to really experience as devastating and as surreal as it was and so controversial. You know, she ended up collapsing in my arms and we, we knelt down between my, my utility room and my kitchen and she sobbed her heart out. Oh, that breaks and I really heard Well Well, you know, our hearts have to be broken open. But I'll lead you to the end of it. Um, she asked, she said, she said, Nana, she said, please don't, um, she said, please, I don't know how to phrase this without sounding. <clears throat> she said, please don't flush anything. And I said, I won't. And later on that night, <clears throat> when I went back in after she was, um, you know, resting and comfortable, I went back in and I have this beautiful, huge, oyster shell that I got from my beach house and it sits on the back of the, uh, I have kind of a stand above my toilet and I reached down and unfolded um, and, and put into a container. Is it still okay? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm just so, I'm just so sorry that it was, it, that, that it, it became such a traumatic event. I mean, the fact that the, the, the fact of the matter is, a six-week a six-week fetus looks like a wet piece of popcorn. Six-week fetuses don't have faces; they also don't have heartbeats. You know, uh, the, 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 the people who uh, who who monsterize uh, reproductive choices try to create an impression that it is something that it isn't, and. They create these. They create this trauma that women then internalize 
because it's been broadcast from Dan to Beersheba all over this country. And it's... uh, Well, you know, trauma is trauma. I mean, each person has to hold their, you know, their will of their grief or indecisions or decisions or whatever. But the end of the story comes. I mean, this is like, you know, hope cometh in the morning. It's just that one needs to get through the night. And I'm outside on my front porch because I have to have a lot of air to call and talk to you. Okay. She got a really precious little tiny box, a little teeny tiny thing, thinking, you know, whatever. And I ended up placing in that... um, Two small, two small, you know, clumps that didn't even, it was just a fraction of my hand. The same thing that a woman would pass, and I have, you know, I have to be real and honest, that would pass through maybe a heavy mentis. Yeah. And out of that, and out of that, you know, what she had perceived and what we had journeyed through by me, because it wasn't easy to do any of that. And it's not even easy to talk to you about this, Robin. But Oh, I you know. know Kevin, I know. It, you know. It can't be. Kevin, no, it can be. But there are other sides to things. And I have this huge sense, because um, Clarence, God bless his soul, kind of cleared me to be able to call in tonight and share that we have moved through so many things. And all those individuals that we never hear from that that listen to the horn, you know, some maybe are affirming us or, you know, not affirming us, but some that maybe find some kind of inkling when one I'm, of us I'm, calls I'm, in. Absolute, I'm absolutely suffused with pity and grief. You're confused with them? No, suffused with pity and grief. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to be, you know, those are those are really they're different types of traveling companions, but they are powerful in how they send those pinions into us. It just was. Um, so I'm not calling saying "woe is me." I'm saying that you know. No, I, I don't think word, I don't think that at all. I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's the tenor of your of your conversation whatsoever. Well, thank you, thank you. Yours, yours, yours is a sweet and kind and tender, and and perceptive soul. And you were exactly the person that needed to be be with her in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, yeah. all, I, all I was trying to put forward was the fact that I hate the lies, the outright godforsaken mm-hmm. lies. That gets spread about this process. Yeah. Because it was hard enough. It did. You know what she had already internalized didn't need to make it harder. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Well, it does. But that you know, I view it as her portion. You know, I talk often with my family. You know, we're at the stage either, you know, one chooses to lift a consciousness to a higher level or they want to remain in kind of a mundane, you know, you know, I looked at her. I said, I will always love you. And I, you know, Robin, I had to share, 
a really poignant part in my life when I terminated a pregnancy where I could actually see on the sonogram, you know, a, a type of human being becoming. And I told her when, when I was holding her that night, and I shared that, you know, that visual, I said, I walked through the Bell Street house. I said, I don't even know how I was able to stand. I said, I had so much fear, unknowingness, guilt, that it was, I don't know how come I didn't implode. So in those moments of, you know, really true um, vulnerability and openness, you know, just uh, a whole well opens up to where we can all meet each other and all put in our own hurts and misunderstandings and things a collective well of goodness, you know. So when Kevin wrote in and shared that, um, you know, about what was going on there in Colorado, Kevin and I, and I talk just about every single night. He is uh, he's kind of my um, alter male part of, because he never is afraid to tell me if I'm not on focus, which I need to know. I need to know that because, you know, I live in the ether of, um, it's grounded, but I live in an ether that is so expansive that sometimes I don't know how to greet it or embrace it or to honor it. And uh, so thanks, pal. Thank you. Thank you so much for the time. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Anytime. I've tried to reiterate that over the years. Anytime. Well, I asked Kevin a few nights ago, I said, you know, I've been feeling about calling into the horn, especially when Todd called in uh, this week, but I just I had all these hesitancies, and he goes, Jude, just call in. I said, well, that sounds simple. So yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, it so is. It, it, I, this is. This is probably the easiest program to call into in the mm-hmm. world. I mean, mm-hmm. easier even than Washington Journal, and <laughs> so uh, I don't know why I chose Washington Journal, but you know, I, I, I always want to make sure that people get an opportunity to say what they feel like they need to say, and that's why it's conversation radio and not talk radio. That's what other yeah. people say. That's why other people, what other people say, is far more important than anything I do. Well, that aspect of vulnerability, you know, when, when one, you know, sends out really personal things, which often occur on the horn, uh, there's great responsibility with that. You know, it's a discipline. Is, is that something I'm supposed to share at this particular time? But there were so many confluences that came together. I loved it when Todd wrote in stating that it was good to hear from Clarence. And then the interchange that you had and those that phoned in, not phoned in, but, you know, wrote into, into the program, it gave me more of a kind of a solid base that maybe this was a night that I could inter- interchange and uh, call and speak with you. So, Well, I'm glad, is- I'm, glad you, I'm glad you did, and I hope she's okay. She is. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And she'll be what she is. It's her decision. Her decision. Yeah. It certainly yeah. isn't. It, is, it certainly isn't a decision that some godforsaken Republican needs to be making. Well, you know, one of the things, Robin, that I had to share because she was here with me, I said, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. 
I mean, my, my life is evolving and changing in so many ways. And it wasn't to put her out there on some kind of idle precipice. But I have been very available and open to my family and friends. And, you know, I'm going to be 75, you know, pretty soon. Still, you know, still strong and functioning. But I, I have to be honest with people that are in my life. You know, I, you know, if you can do this, then do this. But to think that, and I, and I would help. I mean, I would help the best I could. But those were even difficult statements to have to make in a really intimate, uh, you know, expansive kind of reality of where she was. And then to hear back, you know, that she understood that. And yeah, so it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's being present to the moment. Like all we have is the two of us talking right now. And thank you so much for the time. You've just, you've really <clears throat> helped lift up, um, this woman's heart and soul. Thanks, Robert. I'm so I'm so glad because uh, you just got a note from Darlene. Darlene said, "So true, Jude. Robin goes out of her way to make you feel comfortable and welcome, no matter how stupid I sound." Quit that, Darlene. Quit that. I have yet to. Ha- I've never. I've never had Darlene sound. Stop that. You know. Wonder- hey, listen. I. I sent I sent Darlene an email a while back asking her if she would consider aligning calling in at the same time. I said, you could have all your wonderful, clear expertise about things, and I could come in with my ether of the unknown. I mean, I'd love to have, I really would, um, I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear, you know, some other voices. And, and the ones we have are good and strong and connecting. And I know that the relationship that you have, like, particularly with um, Scott and Tracy is very endearing to you, and that's good and healthy. Everyone in this community is. I know they are. I, I know they are. There, there are people. Uh, there are people I will never meet that I would dearly love to. And there mm-hmm. are people that there are people who only write and never call. Mm-hmm. And there are people who only call and never write. And then and and there are people who do neither but support the program and 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 make sure that this can continue. And it is it is a near twenty year exercise in learning humility uh, that yeah. I, that I kind of that I, I think I sort of put on steroids a couple of years ago, um, but I spent a lot of time. Well, I put a lot, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. Explain that humility on steroids. Explain that. It, I've always engaged in self-reflection, more off-air than on. But when I decided to be true to myself, I realized I, I began I began realizing how much of who I was was a product of how much pain I was in, mm-hmm. and how much I don't know any other word than pain. Um, and it taught me because I was open to learning from it, and that and and that's when I that's why I say humility on steroids. I realized I, I realized that while I'd never been much of an egomaniac about this, 
you know, I, I can't remember, I, I can't tell you how many times that I've, you know, said, you know, compared to some, you know, these right-wing gas bags, uh, I'm never going to come on here and say, I'm smarter than you. Listen to me. Um, because that's just gross and rude. Uh, so I've never done that. With half my brain tied behind my back for the listeners in Rio Linda. Yeah, you know, so Yuck. Um, but when I acknowledged who I am and began living that way, my soul, my, 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 my soul became very different. And it, yeah. is, it is a much better soul now. Because it's freed. That's like yeah. calling in tonight. I have, a, I have a real sense of freedom. I had waited about six months before I called in, and I, I called in maybe, I don't know, six, seven weeks ago. I don't even know what I called in about, but it, um, tonight, tonight just uh, for me is uh, kind of a metamorphosis of, you know, so many engaging, you know, listening to the horn and writing in. And, uh, well, one of the things that I've learned in these 20, almost 20 years is that one of the things that makes all of this special is that people find this when people need this. Some people need it only for a little while, and they and then they disappear, and I never hear from them again. Some people get very, very angry and upset about something like the, the great, uh, the great purity wars of 2016, and I never hear from them again. Um, some people, some people who have, have have leaned on this guy, not leaned on, but who have been part of this ongoing conversations, did so at a time in their life when they genuinely needed this community and they needed this conversation and then their lives changed and improved and it's you know it's 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 kind of sad to say that you know their lives got better and they no longer they longer no longer needed this because they had something in their lives that was better um well that's kind of an ouch well no it it, it is really not um it's a it's a matter of serving a purpose. Do you understand? Serving a purpose, filling a need. Okay. And needs change. Um. So it's you know it's part of that it's part of that overall humilité. Mm. I love it when I can substitute a word in French. Um. Playing, but it's, it's dear Robin, dear, dear Robin. You know, I'm I'm listening to you, and I go back to that first time that we met um, in D.C. And you came up. I was standing in front of one of the barricades, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm so sorry that I didn't come up and like hug you. But we had a woman in between us, and there was just such a a rhythm and an energy that was going on. Oh yeah, and I remember. You know. And then we went and had dinner with Mike and um, uh, Tara. Yeah. And the only thing, the only thing that, and I've talked to my my daughter, and my grandkids about that. 
that we were set up in a table of four, and one we were kind of, you know, just outside one of the doors, you know, that came out for the waiters. And then uh, two of my grandchildren and then my oldest daughter were there. I often thought, and I have shared with them, how come we didn't turn those tables to have all of us, you know, kind of connecting with each other? But it was the first time that I had met you. I had met Mike before. First time I met Tara. And then, um, you know, with my daughter and grandkids, that was, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, I met, I met, uh, Daniel Ellsberg's wife at that protest. And we had, uh, a conversation. And the next day when all of us were on the, um, waiting at the transit, we were going to go to Quantico. Did you go to Quantico with us? I didn't. I had to. I had to head home. It had, yeah, because I, I I can't remember you being there. And the, there were two buses that went. And when we were waiting at the station, one of this one of these gals comes up because they have the boots and flowers uh, in front of me, and she said, "Do you realize that uh, those boots were in the in the Washington Post?" And I said, "No, you know, because I hadn't read anything." And, and she was upset that there wasn't more coverage of what was going on, but it had, you know, it was a multi-level protest. You know, it was talking about the, you know, the war, the things that were going on. You know, Mike was up on the fence with, you know, probably 50 different, you know, individuals, you know, just holding on in front of the White House. And, uh, and that's what came out of, uh, out of that protest. But the picture was a single picture of the polished, black boots and flowers and about a foot behind is a shadow of my feet standing there and they then they just did a short you know excerpt it was the second page into the washington post and i haven't been able to locate it in my house but i know that that was uh that was a moment of great uh you know camaraderie uh, a time when when people met that probably will never ever meet again. That had such a clear, beautiful, uh, succinct focus on trying to make something better. Uh, so I always enfold you, Robin, in that uh, that you know that weekend. So. Oh, thank you, Jude. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, honey. And Thanks uh, so by the way, Juanita wrote in and said, just happened to tune in in the last hour and heard my wonderful friend pour her heart out. Oh, my gosh. And Bill Bullrich yeah. just wrote in, subject line, Jude, my heart goes out to what Jude and her family have been experiencing. Not just one thing, but all the things. And she jumps hurdles placed in front of her with so much grace and positivity. I love Jude. Peace and blessings to her and her family. Bill Bullrich. Wow. Wow. Got all okay, there. Oh, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of love for you out in this community. Wow. Well, I'm stand, I'm 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 looking out in the direction of the north right now out my windows, and I bow forward and and send out my deepest of gratitude. Uh, thank you so much. Thank thank all of you. Thank you all. Well, Jude. And let's keep on let's keep on keeping on, Robin. I I have no plans I have no plans for stopping. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I, you. I said a couple of years ago that I'd take everybody with me on this little little odyssey of mine. Emphasis on the word odd. 
and um, it is far from over, and there is far much more. There is so much more to discover. Oh, isn't that the truth? Yeah, isn't that the truth? It's like the breath when we inhale and exhale. Wow, that has great power. That has great power. It really, really does. Jude, be well, dear. We all love you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. Good night. One of a kind. One of a kind, Jude is. Um. All right, Asa. Uh, wait, Asa says, I got a bone to pick with Darlene. I ain't never felt at ease talking to Robin, no matter how flippin' stupid I felt like I done sounded. <laughs> Quit that. You've been... Well, you faked it very well. And Darlene uh, also had some choice words for me on that AP Nork poll. Seriously, you buying that BSAP poll? Come on. They screwed with us on the polls leading into the midterms. They're playing the same damn game again. The corporate media never learns because their pocketbook depends upon it. Well, amen. But it never ceases to amaze me that they can always find somebody out there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't get a pony. I ain't got a pony for two years. And I expect my president to drink a beer with me and bring a pony. It's <laughs> just a little depressing, Darlene. I mean, it, how good does a president have to be? Because, as I've said a million times before, I was so wrong about Joe Biden, and I have never been happier to be so wrong. The guy's... I mean, he inherited a pandemic. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not convincing you. I know you know. He inherited the pandemic. Uh, it, it, there was a there was a terrorist attack on the Capitol days before he was inaugurated, and he stepped into the office dealing with the single largest attack on the Capitol of the United States since eighteen freaking fourteen. But there's some twit in North Carolina. I don't know about that. I mean, he's awful old. That's why we have a line of succession, honey. So there we are. Went a little overtime, but that's okay. Hopefully, with the short month, there won't be any Podbean problems. So thank you, everyone. Let's see. Tomorrow, the uh, fundraising hole will be seven hundred and sixty bucks, and that's. Almost enough to bring us even with the that gum power bill. Sorry it's so high right now, but, well, it's West Virginia and it's coal, and coal's expensive, and we've got, we've got, we've got robber bear and coal thugs to uh, keep in the lifestyles to which they have become accustomed now, don't we? But thank you to our Podbean and Patreon supporters. Thank you to our a la carte contributors this evening. And every evening, thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to uh, Sparky, or uh, Roger, rather, in the chat room. I need to check and see if there's anybody still there. Um, thank you to Steve from Georgia Stan for popping in and 
uh, moderating for a little bit. Thank you so much. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, whenever, however, and wherever you get the podcast, please like it and subscribe to it and leave a comment and because it really does help the program become more visible via the godforsaken algorithms that I don't understand. Um, thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thank you to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia at a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces so that we can help slow the spread of RSV. Still dealing with that crap. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer because the maggots we have always with us and they're diseased. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown says and if Marginal Trailer Queen comes toward you saying, the house will be in order, avoid her like the plague. Because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.